0: Good evening and welcome to tonight's broadcast. We are back again talking about the Sopranos, okay? We've been doing a watch, we've been going through, we've been going season by season doing a sort of a recap as we revisit the show. I'm revisiting the show for the first time in over a decade. It's it's incredible to rewatch it now and I'd say number 1, I mean, uh hands down the the greatest observation thus far is that I you know first of all I didn't realize how how dry like there, it's a very comedic show and I'm like blown away at how much it aligns with shows like Seinfeld and Curbed Enthusiasm in its sort of like situational I don't know it's like it's situational I wouldn't want to call it comedy per se but it's like everything's a, a situation let's put it that way and tonight I'm actually joined. By a special guest co-host um, He is a, a dear friend who Loves The Sopranos, he's watched The Sopranos Way more times than I've ever seen The Sopranos And um, You know, he wanted to jump Into the conversation, this is one of His favorite seasons So he he, he he's joining Me, so it's going to be a little bit different than what we've Done previously, and the last thing I will say is, we are currently Running our contest so um, we're going to ask a Sopranos-themed trivia question at the end, and you'll send your email to fromasmail at And if you were the first person to answer correctly, you will win a free shirt. Let me show you the rules and stipulations in our very quick little video. I'm going to be doing a live show every single day. I'm going to be giving away a t-shirt. At the end of every episode, I will ask my trivia question. You will send your answer to fromusmail at gmail.com. And the first person to answer correctly will be the winner. You give me your name, your address, and your t-shirt size. If you are outside of the continental United States, you will have to cover shipping and handling. Join us night after night where I will be doing t-shirt giveaways who doesn't like a free t-shirt i'm not gonna go easy on any of you i'm gonna ask really hard questions so be prepared all right so now you know what the deal is let me bring out my guest um some call him jeremy some call him spice handler some call him spice he's called himself spicy but i think it's more appropriate to consider him spicy walnuts for tonight's show so without further ado let me bring him out of from behind the digital green screen, green room that we have back there. Oh, Oh, hey, hey. Marone, Marone. Marone. All right. Uh, Hi. (laughs) Welcome to tonight's show.
1: Thank you. Spicy. How you doing? Thank you. I'm doing well. Thank you.
0: You've been kind of getting an earful from me on the, in, in the real world as I talk about where I'm at and what I'm watching with the Sopranos.
1: Okay. So, yeah, let me, uh, give you a brief history on how I got into
0: the show. Okay, right? go ahead. Sure. Um,
1: I remember, so just for context, uh, because you and I are uh, almost almost precisely the same age, um, we grew up at a We time, are the same
0: age. We are the same age. I'm a month older than you.
1: And you know who else is the same age as us?
0: Uh, AJ?
1: Anthony Jr. Anthony Soprano I didn't Jr. realize right. that. Wow. AJ is the same age as us. So uh, in watching this show, I always have a lot of like uh, relation to like what he's wearing, like what the what fads were right. in and stuff. You know what I mean? When he's in eighth grade, I was in eighth grade. I think the show started probably when we were in seventh grade, seventh or eighth. It started grade, in ninety
0: nine, right? yeah. so we were um, in seventh. January
1: grade. January of ninety nine. Um, I know we gradu- graduated eighth grade in. June of 2000, right? So yes. January of, so yeah, we were in seventh grade. And I remember people, uh, you know, I didn't have HBO, um, but I remember some people who had it and they were talking about it. And, you know, for example, like when, uh, you know, the big um, reveal of like what happens at the end of season two, I can right. talk about that. It, was. Right?
0: I remember that people talk. I about remember it I, people
1: couldn't believe that they had killed big pussy. Right. And, huge, they couldn't believe huge it, and it was a big deal. Reveal. Sort of maybe akin to, uh, you know, what happened with uh, Red Wedding, Ned, Ned Stark or, or, or the Red Wedding. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so I remember that, but I never really watched it. And I also I remember not really understanding, like, what the deal was with it, because it came out more or less around the same time as Analyze This. Right. If I'm not mistaken. Very and kind close. of like how that it was 98.
0: Out, I think that I, was 98. Yeah, kind
1: of like how Ants and a Bug Life came around the same right. time. Right. And right. uh, Paul Blart and Observe and Report came around
0: around the same <laughs> or time, or Armageddon and Deep Impact.
1: Exactly. So I remember thinking that the show was more. I mean, it is comedic, you know. And you mentioned that, and it's it's a lot of dark comedy, um, and and I mean, it's got some of the best one liners, some of the best jokes in it, some Evening of the funniest, th- uh, funniest moments in TV. Um, but it's not this a, a comedy in the same way as like you know. Robert De Niro and Billy Crystal uh, doing a mob and a therapist. Cause you know, they both have the mobster in therapy. So I didn't really understand how dark of a show it was or how serious of a show it was um, despite its comedic overtones um, until later when I started watching it. And when I actually started watching it was during the final season, I was hanging out with one of those kids who we were friends with in middle school, who I had reconnected with. And he was one of these rich kids who had HBO and he had this ritual of, you know, every Sunday,
0: um, did I just go out? I might. No, 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 you're fine. I'm just saying hello to our friend, Dan. Oh, okay. No, my, my screen, my screensaver did
1: come on. So I I think I have to, you plug in your uh,
0: computer probably.
1: Yeah. So, um, what happened was I reconnected with him and are spending a lot of time over at his place. And every Sunday he would watch the Sopranos and it was the final season and I'd be watching it. And I I didn't have a clue. You know what I mean? I I knew Polly Walnuts and uh, Christopher were characters because I I had seen their faces on T-shirts, but I had no idea who they were in relation to Tony. I had no idea what was going on. And I think I'd watched... There was actually one episode from this season, from the fifth season, that I had watched completely out of context. I didn't know what was going on. I just remember Tony and uh, Johnny Sacks sitting in a limo, and Johnny's kind of given... given Tony the third degree and sort of interrogating him and Steve Buscemi standing there in the graveyard, kind of like looking over his shoulder. And I just remember that image and, and having no idea what was going on, but I watched the last season and I decided, okay, I, I need to watch this show. So this is the days of, um, right. This is 2007. So these are the days of, uh, Netflix, there was no real streaming. I think they had maybe just launched their streaming platform, but it was very bare bones. There wasn't much you could get. And Netflix was a DVD rental service. And I was renting the Sopranos DVDs three at a time <laughs> with my, with my uh, um, you know, with my trial membership, right, and trying to binge them as fast as possible. And I was renting them three at a time, and I was binging them. And I was also working at the uh, world-famous Italian village in Scarsdale, New York at the time. And so on my days off, I'd be watching this show and they'd be eating all this great Italian food. They'd be having their Sunday dinners, you know. And I'd be like, you know, that sounds good. I'm going to order that, you know. And I just like um, got really into it, really enjoyed it. Um, I must admit, a lot of the mob stuff was over my head. A lot of the jargon, I didn't really know what they were talking about. Um, but I started uh, – I I watched it a bunch. I watched it a bunch. And eventually... How many
0: times would you say you've seen it?
1: Well, that's a difficult question to answer. I think I've watched it through and through. I mean, there's certain seasons I've watched through and through more times than others. The third and the fifth. That's really
0: bizarre that you would do that.
1: Well, because I love the third season. And uh, sorry for being off camera. I'm plugging in the laptop now. So um, the third season and the fifth season are my favorite i find this the first season a bit difficult to get through even though there's great episodes on there but let me just explain what i used to do is my younger brother invite in in, discovered some channel this is in like 2008 or 2009 that just played every episode in continuity on a loop in perpetuity and there was a little chat there was a, a chat screen going down there too And so what I would do is I'd get home from the bar or wherever and I would turn that on and whatever episode was on, I would just let it play and I'd like go to sleep like that. And so I'd get home and be like, oh, it's episode six, you know, season three or whatever, and just watch it like that and have it on sort of as background noise quite a bit. Um, As far as watching it through with people, I've done that probably three or four times. I recently did a, a watch of episode, I, I think like season three through the end recently. Um, so basically episode, what you're yeah. trying to
0: say is that you've, you've seen the show a lot and a season five is one of your favorites and yes. we're about to dive in right now and, in. and, and, and talk about it. And the, you know, the thing about season four is mm. that it um, it crescendos with this thing that's sort of been brewing For the entirety of the show, for four seasons, we have watched Tony just endlessly cheat on Carm. Carm. Uh, Just endlessly cheat on her. And it all comes to a head and they have a big blowout. And we discussed that on the last episode. And that brings us into season five, where Carm and Tony are separated. They are not living together anymore. And uh, Tony has now somehow found himself living in the Livia house in, in, in his parents' house. Yeah. In his which childhood was home. vacant. Right. His childhood yeah. home. You have, um, you have Janice and Bobby have gotten married and we have that very touching, wonderful. I was telling you about it off, off camera, just how much I love. Uh, Karen's last ZD is one of the, truly the great moments of character development in, The Sopranos for me, I just I love that so much. Even though Bobby's kind of a a secondary character, it's just such a wonderful writer's touch. To Bobby's a great
1: character, and his loyalty to uh, Junior is amazing. And Mm -hmm. you know, so yeah, I mean, obviously a lot has transpired between four and five, right? Because they've they're married, and I think maybe they have a no. That's later. No, no, that 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 happens in six. In six, that's right. Yeah.
0: Um, but she's the stepmom it, now.
1: She's the stepmom, and she's got a weird relationship with those kids. And but well, anyway, right. I mean, season five opens up with that um, that monologue. You know what I'm talking about? It's like over music. Um, I I can't remember the details of who it is who's reading it. Um, but it's uh, you know. Anyway, I'm not going to pretend like I know what I'm talking about. Uh,
0: but and, and I tried to pull it up. Uh, in, well, you have in you, have Christopher and Polly. They're they're retelling the the Pine Barrens ordeal, which yeah. is fun because we get to hear it from their point of view as they would want to tell it to friends and look like all you know bad, you know big and bad. And it 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 that sort of blossoms into um, that blossoms into a new kind of resentment between uh, Chris and Polly over paying for dinner. Yeah, Chris um, and
1: Polly. I mean, listen. Paulie, one of his, I think, primary traits is that he's a cheapskate, and yeah. you know, at the end of the day, like um, if it means a couple dollars for him, he will kill you. He'll rob you. It doesn't matter like who you are. He doesn't care. Um, he's all about saving a dollar. You know, he's known for right disappearing when the check comes out, going to the bathroom. Um, that's that's one of his defining characteristics. And you know, him and him and Chris have a difficult relationship, tumultuous think, from relationship yeah, from the rip, you know, particularly like in season
0: three, is it when, when, when he gets his wings? made wings, he becomes a made guy. Yeah. Pauly starts doing the search and seizures thing. So this has been an ongoing sort of thing. And it's sort of, it's sort of opened back up because, you know, Chris is complaining he has to pay for dinner all the time. Tony yes. says, "Hey, I pay for I had to pay for dinner too, Christopher."
1: Yeah, and you know? well, the whole thing, then the whole thing too, is, uh, you know, what what happened in the pa- the Pine Barrens there was uh, entirely Pauly's fault. You know. Yeah. And 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 Chrissy kind of calls him out on that. You know, if you hadn't, you know, broken the uh, right. universal remote, and mm-hmm. then you know, the whole thing was kind of his idea, and uh, you know, Pauly doesn't like to be made to look like a fool
0: you know what and I mean? he doesn't like um, to take take responsibility for his faults oh
1: absolutely not yeah so all right so season five right
0: uh episode
1: one it opens with that monologue and uh it's sort of just almost like a montage it's showing sort of where everyone's at um finn and um meadow are living
0: together um, I think you're talking about season 6. Is that
1: 6? Am I tripping? That's
0: 6. Yeah, Oof. that's why that is that I know what monologue you're talking about. That you're you're talking about the beginning of season 6. No, season 5 opens what that was one thing between Chris and Polly, another thing that's happening in the first this is the first episode, we get four people get released from prison. Yes. That yes. are uh three of them are are older than Tony. Mm-hmm. You have Feech who is just Feet
1: Lomana played by the great Robert Loja. Also the, yeah. the grandpa from over the top. Uh, and one of my favorite hold movies. on.
0: And he's in, he plays the mobster in innocent blood. He also, he's in a lot of stuff. He, he's a great Day.
1: actor.
0: Yeah. Great, great actor. Um, then you also have um, Phil Leotardo, Frank Vincent of, mm-hmm. you know, Scorsese mobster fame. And he yes. is a capo underneath the New York family Mm -hmm. uh, for Carmine and Johnny sack over boss and under boss. Yes. Then you got um, Tony B. So there's another Tony and this is played by Steve Buscemi and he's coming out and he's of of all the guys. He's the guy who he kind of seems like he's reformed and you know, he wants to become a massage therapist and he doesn't. And I thought he was a made guy. He's not a made guy. He is not a made guy. He he was, when he and Tony, when he got pinched for the thing that Tony didn't get pinched for, they hadn't earned, they hadn't opened the book for those guys yet. So he comes out of the prison, but he's done, I mean, he might as well be in the mob. He's an associate in the same way that I guess maybe Christopher was. And um, I'm trying to think, who's the yeah. fourth guy that gets out of prison? There's one more, and I think he gets popped. Um, uh, is it Angelo,
1: maybe? It's someone who... That's yeah, Angelo, um, but I'm trying to put close with in there.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. Angelo Angelo was super close with Tony B. That's what happened. Yeah. Right? Now I remember. Yeah. Yes. Cause now I'm in season six and all of a sudden season five is getting pushed down. Um, uh, man, why am I can you see me right now? Yeah. You're good. Okay, that's you're good.
1: Because I'm looking at my screensaver, my lock screen. So good so no, to no, know no, that no. when that happens, you I'm can still, just uh, just
0: still... just uh shake your mouse and you'll be shake your little yeah, mouse and you'll what be I'm okay. Go. Um yeah. The season, so there'd been a lot of sort of uh friction with not just Johnny Sack, less with Johnny Sack. Johnny Sack and and Tony were very friendly pretty much throughout this entire show. And things started to get a little tense, you know, with the kind of Ralph situation
1: of, and Ford. well,
0: also with Carmine. Carmine doesn't help matters either. The 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 boss Carmine, Carmine Senior. Yeah. yeah. Carmine Senior, he doesn't help things either. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that the thing about when Johnny Sack and Tony, when there's nothing, when there's no outside influence, those guys get along thick as thieves. But the they moment do. that there's some outside thing that happens, they always end up butting heads. There's always friction between uh, Tony and Johnny Sack, and that whole dynamic gets shifted because Carmine has a stroke. Has yeah. a too die. much
1: gherkins too much gherkins
0: right he has a stroke and he dies and what's ironic you that burning hair right right burning hair which is a a red flag if you're if you're having a stroke mm-hmm. um now this is kind of ironic because last season johnny sack wanted carmine clipped and tony refused to do it and now here they are with this, with this happening this also creates a power vacuum because little Carmine, who's down in Florida, remember, he's the guy who's helping Tony deal with big Carmine. Suddenly him and Johnny Sack are going at it for who's going to be who's going to be boss. And Tony, he's he's suggesting, hey, you know, why don't there you have a trifecta of bosses? And then and Johnny Sacks like, get the fuck out of here. There's a whole thing going on with a large black bear, too. And this is sort of a, a metaphor, I suppose, for tony needing to uh come back and protect his household but she doesn't want anything to fucking do with him she's like tony get out of here she doesn't want anything to do with him she's just she's done with tony um but he still wants to make sure that that the family is is protected he's still tony's pissed about furio furio disappears tony has guys looking for him um yeah so there's that there's that whole thing um Tony also feels the urge to see Doctor Melfi again, and he starts reaching out to her. And he's he's trying to he's trying to date her again. And- he's trying to date her.
1: And, uh, the the letter he writes to her is the most cringe thing. Yeah, and the the um the punctuation and the grammar is atrocious. Any and, of that and stuff.
0: All any of, of that it, stuff with her it, with Melfi. It always makes me cringe.
1: It's it's very cringe. But I thought, I think it's also a window into just how uneducated he really is and also just how delusional he is because he kind of like blames her for everything and, and like has like a resentment against her. Mm,
0: I think that's no, 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 no. I think that that's, that's where he, that's how he tries to make sense. I think deep down inside, he, Things when, here's what it is. When, when he, deep down inside, he probably knows it comes from When things don't go his way and he's used to getting his way, being the boss, being the skip. I mean, Tony Soprano always gets his way. And this is the.
1: You said that because, you know, in, in cold cuts and I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, you know, when Janice is explaining to him or, or is it Janice or is he talking about it with Melfi? And, you know, she's saying, you know, it's about like accepting that things are the way they are and not blowing up. And then his response is, well, then how do you get people to do what you want them to do? You know what I mean? Because in (laughs) his world, in his world, that's the way he lives his life. He gets people to do what he wants to do through intimidation, through violence, if necessary, through, you know, any number of ways.
0: It's the you know what it is. Uh, And I think you'll appreciate this analogy. It's the Prince analogy. Prince, very famously was an eccentric guy who had many helpers at beck and call. And at three o'clock in the morning, this is not my story. This is Kevin Smith's story. Cause Kevin Smith made a documentary for Prince that was never released. I he would say, he would say Prince, he said, he would say, use this as an example. If Prince wanted a camel at three o'clock in the morning, he would say, I need a camel at three o'clock in the morning and not in an obnoxious way just in the way of like i'm prince and i literally moved the earth to like become the like this incredibly famous rich rock star so anything's possible to me and i have the resources to make these things happen so it's like it comes from like an innocent place it's not like trying to be difficult it's just that it's just the way that you view the world based on how you live in the world and yeah. Tony is to a similar example Tony, the world bends for Tony and every which way, so now Melfi Tony is used to bagging any chick he wants, and now you know, the one chick that he yeah, wants, can't he can't, have her. can't yeah. have
1: her and and it's so interesting too because, just to go back to the bear yeah. Um, you know Anthony Jr. is like acting like he's Mr. Tough Guy, you know yeah. and she wants oh, yeah, to yeah. pick out the a, garbage mommy, mommy. pick out the garbage Mommy. <laughs> and then the next thing you hear, mommy. mommy. And he's out there and he's like basically I hate AJ so much. He's horrible.
0: Worst. Um just the he, worst. He really
1: is the worst, like through and through. And he's just like he's just got this like blank stare. I, I'm not gonna just pan pan AJ right now, but um, you know, to get back to
0: Right, he's trying to date bear. Melfi. Oh, he's fine, trying to date bear. Melfi.
1: He's trying to date Melfi and she's just not having it. And she's talking about it with, uh, you know, her doctor, uh, Elliot Kupferberg, who's played by the late, great uh, Peter Bogdanovich. Such a Jew. Um, (laughs) Um, In
0: the, in the, in the, the, I don't think he's a Jew in real life, but in, in, in the show, he's such a Jew. I don't know, but do you know about him? He's a, he's a filmmate. He's a director.
1: Yeah. He's like a famous, like, you know, big time, uh, Important guy. Uh, I don't remember all the details, but uh, I know that like uh, Michael Imperioli really like uh, sang his praises quite a bit. Um, so yeah, so I want to talk about. So since we're we're on the bear thing, right? You know, um, it gives Tony an opportunity to have eyes in the house, right? You know, yeah, that, so he sends that he sends like Benny there, right? And it gives him an opportunity to sort of know what's going on. And there's this weird sexual thing. Not sexual, but there's this weird tension with the uh, the park ranger guy, the animal control guy, because he can kind of see that Carmela is attracted to him and they exchange a look. Oh, I
0: never, I never picked up on that. Yeah, really.
1: and, and Tony's like looking at him and looking at her. And then after he leaves, he's like, Tony says something about like, oh, a hey, ranger Rick over there. He's a little light in the loafers or something because. Oh, that's you know, what he was referring to. Yeah, because okay. Tony's. Tony's way of yeah, it feeling, feels threatened. you know, threatened right. is to basically like put down the guy's uh, masculinity or whatever, you know, because that's the way it works in Tony's world. But, um, you know, I, I also want to talk about.
0: Well, let's hold on. A bit. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Let's we got to we got we de- let's keep it in order just because or let. Let me yeah, guide that's us why I, in I want to thing.
1: I get back to the release of these old timers, right? And okay. this is something that you sort of see throughout The Sopranos um, is, first of all, when these guys were locked up, Tony was a little shit, basically. You know what I mean? He made his name for himself by robbing Feech Romana's right card game. Yeah, Feach we find Madonna. out
0: that Feech is the guy whose card game he robbed. Yes,
1: exactly. And and Feech is a character we've heard of. Oh. Exactly. Feech is a character we've heard of since earlier. Um, and, you know, they, they knocked off Feech's card game and that's sort of how him and Jackie made names for themselves. And so, you know, Feech comes out and I think when these guys were arrested, I don't think the Rico statutes were like they were and they were arrested in I think the seventies, maybe the early eighties. And so the mob was, I mean, the world was different, right? The world was a different place. The mob was a different place. Technology was totally different. And I think in those days, um, you didn't have to be maybe quite as careful um, in terms of how you made your money, you know, like, and so they sure. come out, they come out to this totally different world and they're used to being a little bit more cutthroat a little less careful or they don't have to tiptoe quite as much back in those days and the other thing is when they were arrested they did the stand up thing the thing is that that is expected of you when you're in the mob and that is to keep your mouth shut and do your time because right. you so are they have they man. have a sense
0: of entitlement they have a, a, a sense result. of
1: entitlement they did what was expected of them and then they come back and they're I wouldn't say that they're shit on, but they are no one wants to deal with them because they're they're old news. They're these old guys that kind of came. No, no I don't think really... it's that.
0: I think that just it's it's it was the same thing with Richie April. They'll just it's a handful to deal with guys when they get out, because at the end of the day, they want to do this thing. They want to tr- pretend like they're men of honor who honor you you honor someone who who keeps their mouth shut. You honor this, but then at the end of the day, it's like, ah, oh, this is a pain in my ass. I don't feel like paying for this guy. Yeah, I don't feel and like I got, and, this and I got guy. this they fucking old fuck
1: who who doesn't know how things are now. Who keeps talking about sort of the old days and this is how it was in my day. And
0: treating Tony like he's a little kid. And that's treating Tony like he's a little yeah. kid.
1: And so it just doesn't fly. And and it and it's it like you said it happened with Richie April when he got out. And it's kind of a recurring thing, and yeah, I mean, um, you know,
0: our case so, says feech calling <laughs> seatbelts, shoulder straps always made me laugh. There's a, there's yeah. a couple of things like that. Like when Paulie in season six, he says he's talking to his mom about getting her a flat screen TV when he finds out that she's not his mom. He says, "I got you that flat screen TV for two thousand dollars from Sharpers Image." He calls it <laughs> Sharpers Image.
1: You know, I gotta, I I don't recall that, but I. This last time that I watched, um, I noticed that, like, the CRTs were still – what everyone had, you look in in every bar they're in, every sports bar. It's they're all CRT TVs. It's not until really season six you
0: really notice the technology. You notice it in the flip phones. You notice it in there's like little things. Otherwise, you think that it was contemporary. Yeah. Until you see the laptops. Until you see you like see the, that, these little that, things. that
1: TV. That's you know they have it on the like the pillar. They have like that really tacky like Roman yes they do in their in their bedroom. And they yes. have the TV. And it's just crazy how CRTs kind of like disappeared, how quickly they
0: disappeared. I mean, and technology, society. I mean, that's, that's what happens when the technology yeah. changes. But yeah. listen, so in season two, I mean, sorry, in episode two, um, you know, little Carmine is starting to, so he's he's beefing with, with, with Johnny Sack. Um, there's also, there's a couple of informants that are, there's this guy with the hat and he's wearing a wire in his hat and I forgot what he um, did.
1: I think the guy with the hat you're talking about is that um the baseball hat with the hair plugs. The baseball hat with the hair plugs, that's uh the the construction guy.
0: Oh right, that's the construction guy. And then there's also uh the the capo Ray. And Ray Ferrero, yeah. Yeah, Ray Ray Cutro. No. Curto, Curto. Ray Curto, Ray Curto. Ray Curto. And he Who's he Ray is Curto? Where did I get that name from? They you know what's know. funny is they're onto the construction guy with the hat, but they're not onto Ray. They I don't, don't know they that Ray catch
1: on to Ray. I don't, I don't no, know. They don't they he dies.
0: Be. He dies in the, in the FBI car. He just yeah. drops dead and nobody, nobody's all the wiser. You know, what's um, interesting about him yeah. is
1: he is like the most willing snitch out there. I feel like everyone else yeah, feels kind two-faced. of, everyone else feels kind of conflicted about it. And they yeah. feel like they're cornered. He's like, he's like, Oh, do you want me to get the funeral on, on tape? Like he's kind of like the FBI's little lapdog. And right. And, uh,
0: it's true. And meanwhile, you have Adriana, who is just like, I, I got to tell you, and we'll talk about 8 We're going to we'll we we'll get we'll talk about what happens to Adriana at the end of the season. You know, I, I'm just so I, I'm so torn. I, I mean, I'm so uh, sad for Adriana because at the end of the day of all the people on the show, you know, I guess Adriana is probably at the carn level because like here's the thing. Carm is a good person. She has a good heart. But at the end of the day, she knows what who her husband is and what he does and how she gets her money. And she turns a bl- blind eye to it while trying to, you know, be religious, religiously, you know, ex- exude religious piety. And Adriana is kind of in the same boat. Adriana is a good person mostly, but at the same time, she knows what Chris does. She knows that Chris kills people. She knows that she's, she wants to marry a killer. And, you know, she's, she's caught up you know, and it doesn't help the fact that she literally is an april. You know, she comes from her, her uncle. Her uncles were, 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 I mean, they were the fucking, well, her uncle was the fucking boss of all bosses at one point. And,
1: and she is just falling apart
0: in this yeah, season. Yeah, big time. Her big health
1: time. is going, her nerves, the IBS. Y- yep. Yeah. It's just, um,
0: It's so sad to watch
1: the guilt guilt is eating her from the inside out. Right.
0: And they have a they have a they have a movie night and she this happens a little bit later in the episode uh, season where she's like trying to like push herself to come clean about what's going on and she Uh, she can't do it. And then also, you know, Angie, God, what um, do you think would have happened if she had because she was this close. She was this close. What do you think would have happened if she had said that? I mean, they all would have told their husbands. I mean, you know, that she would have died. She would have died. It's the same thing as like what I'm. I know. Watching I right know. Now. I know.
1: She. I know she would have died. But how do you she think that would have happened? Do you think like Carm would have told Tony or she, like what? What would have been the mechanism? actually?
0: Do you know who I think it would have been? Um, Just in the way that the Sopranos, write. Ro? I think it would. No, I think it would have been Janice. Of all, was she the people, there? She was there with them? Yes, she was. Oh, and, all the people, and here's why it would be Janice. Because Janice, who so desperately wants to break away from being like, you know, uh, uh an, an Italian mobster's daughter, you know, finds herself married to an Italian mobster with kids. And, you know, like at the end of the day, she would probably be the one. This is how it would go down. If I was writing the Sopranos, she would be the one that's defending Adriana. From everybody else in the room and trying to comfort her well everything's cool and then something uh, uh, Janice would have an epiphany of some kind off screen or in just her day-to-day life there'd be some epiphany that connects to what happens if Adriana is not dealt with and then she would go to Tony she'd be the one to go to Tony maybe even trying to score points and and it would have it would have happened anyway so you know, I got to tell you something about Janice. It.
1: Uh, I saw a meme one time that was like, uh, like, you know, you know the game Fuck, marry, kill. Yeah, like Janice really did fuck, marry, kill with uh, with fucking Richie, Ralphie, and Bobby. Right? She, she sure did, did. She played. She, she sure played did. That game.
0: She um, fucked, married, killed them.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and
0: she fucked. She fucked Ralphie. That's Richie
1: fu- <laughs> sure. Yeah, she fucked Ralphie. She killed Richie, and she married Bobby.
0: Yeah, that is. That's great. I I really like that. That's a that was that's a great little thing. So in any case, she's she's like coming apart at the seams, you know, she's getting she's uh, soon she's going to be married to Christopher. Um, They're going through the motions. She also knows like Angie, who was Big Pussy's widow. She was ousted from from the from the group. Because they because they all found out that Pussy wasn't informant, yes. you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like she's she's terrified. She's absolutely yeah. terrified, and she just she just doesn't know what the hell she's going to do. Uh, we also learn we just learn more about Tony what Tony B means to Tony Soprano and how important that relationship is, and how it's also this great source of guilt because of basically, in a nutshell. They were both supposed to do a job 17 years ago. Tony B went on the job. Tony Soprano didn't. He said he was jumped by uh he used some racist words to describe how he was jumped and that he got a big gash on the head uh, tw- plot twist. Turns out to be uh one of his panic attacks.
1: Yeah, and and I love the way that they really took their time in the season. Revealing it to yeah. reveal that information. So true. You know and I mean it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't um what do you call it like hammond fisted or whatever like they they like it It wasn't heavy handed they like let that come out oh i think he's almost in tears when he's telling melfi about that you know
0: yeah no, and um, it, it's a it's a big moment I, I was almost kind of jealous of the uh the i i know what it is to re- reveal secrets like that and the the mm-hmm. catharsis that you feel when you when you when you when you finally get stuff out like that it's it feels like a great weight is lifted off your shoulders yeah. you know and and so. i gotta
1: i gotta call it out that like that's such a common thing in this show is that these mobsters well not just that but just like these mobsters have this su- superiority thing because they're white right and and they Blame so much stuff. It's oh, it was a bunch of black guys, or oh, it was a bunch of Puerto Rican guys, and like every time, it's it's them. But like they have they have this like scapegoat relationship with uh you know black and brown people that they feel like they're superior. But like yeah, I mean you see it all the time in that show. It's like well, oh yeah. yeah, right.
0: These are mobsters who particularly mm-hmm. these these yeah. mobster guys who particularly not necessarily italian but just no no i'm um, saying these guys these particular guys these particular guys now and something that i something that i i did previously um explained here on the channel and it's it's so true you are a jew as am i Mm -hmm. and one of my observations while watching the show and just in general is that much like ashkenazi jews uh, Italians and Sicilians are we're, we're white until we're in a room with other white people, and then we're we're a minority of some uh, kind. Yeah. We're mm. we we are different because we are other. We are not. We are off white. And I feel like Italians have that same thing in common, than that we are kindred spirits in that kind of way, um, uh, to an extent. Yeah, and I think a lot of immigrant. You groups, see it in the show. You see it in the show too.
1: I think the Irish too sure. in in the Bronx in the old days and stuff like that you know it's just you know history but um so what do we got we got uh Tony B right, so- and so we got his that their very complex relationship that we don't really right. know much about at first and and right. we got some interesting little details about Tony B he's got the twins right, right
0: explain that can you explain <laughs> I was I was kind of uh, I completely forgot that detail how did that happen
1: I think they smuggled his jizz out of jail yes.
0: Tony smuggled his jism out of jail because he met his wife through one of those classified ads. And That's
1: wild story. And those, yeah. Kids, so he had twins. He's like in the Navy. I told you I was in the Navy when that happened or something. Right,
0: right, right. And, the, you know, two kids, Jason and something else. So the, the <laughs> they're both, uh, and, and, and you know, the thing is, Tony wants to give him, uh, Tony wants to give Tony. Here's the thing about Tony B. He's like, hey, I'm well, I'm going to just be a civilian. I want to be a massage therapist. I, I find the work to be very rewarding. He studies hard. He gets a straight job. You know, he's working for Mr. Kim and the, the laundry service and he's studying and he's got to prepare for these exams. There's a little bit of humor with him doing flashcards. Here's this this mobster adjacent with his flashcards trying to figure out how to do stuff. And, um, and Tony meanwhile, doesn't
1: like it. Tony doesn't like yeah, when Tony he like, wants him massage. to
0: be. He's giving him everyone massages in the back yeah. of. Uh, <laughs> he gives Polly a is massage. the
1: back of Satriel's or the yeah. back of the Bing.
0: Yeah, back of the Bing. And, and, Bing. And
1: Tony's just like, what is like? like what like, are you like, doing? You give him you massages back here? <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, But, you know, the, the, the thing is, like, at the same time, Tony wants to bring in his cousin, maybe partially out of guilt, too. He wants to bring him into the fold. It's like, you did your time. Now let's make you a made guy, but Tony B is attempting. But the thing about Tony B is he likes the lifestyle too much, and slowly but surely, the old adage that that we know well goes: if you hang around a barber shop for a while, eventually you will get your hair cut. Well, there's
1: that, but it's also—I mean—he wants him to. He wants him to get up and running. It's—I think it's absolutely because of the guilt, and then I think a lot of that is tied up in his daughter, right? His right his daughter he has an older really daughter meadow and i think she maybe lived with them for a little she while did.
0: she did live with them and for a little while.
1: she's you know i mean i there's a lot of guilt tied up in it and you yeah. know like tony sees how not good really though is. he's
0: like he's kind of you know i i kind of feel like he's kind of he's kind of fronting a little bit tony b because he's like you know he doesn't really make that much of a concerted effort to look for his daughter when he gets out. He's just like, eh, she's missing. Eh. it's uh, kind of like Harpo. It's kind of like Janice and Harpo. You know, it's I'm the same that. shit. Like here she is, buried. I wonder what's, what's French Canadian for "I grew up
1: without a mother." Right, uh, we're gonna get Ugh. to that. Cole, we have to
0: talk. <laughs> we're gonna talk about cold cuts in depth. But we got. I just want to see- say
1: one thing. Yeah. Right? What? They did a Sopranos prequel. And- uh, uh, don't
0: talk. I haven't seen it yet. No, Don't no, no, talk no.
1: about it. I just want to say that they did it wrong because the real Sopranos prequel that the people want to see is Janice living in Seattle as Pravati. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> being the bell of the ball and everyone's friend and like janice in seattle in the 70s
0: when she got her roll, rolling stones logo tattoo. that's what
1: we want to see of so course david chase if you're watching yeah we want to see janice in seattle in the 70s
0: so so then we have this whole business with the gardener feach starts to really uh Rub, rub elbows the wrong way with everybody in the crew. It starts with this gardener situation. He sees a gardener. Yeah, Salvitro. He beats the shit out of this gardener guy. Says that Salvitro is a friend
1: of, I think, like Pauly's mom or something like that. Pauly's he's, aunt. Yeah, Pauly's aunt. He's sort of a neighborhood guy. He's yeah. not connected, but he's you know. He's- well, he
0: is connected, but he's not associate.
1: He's not connected. I mean, he's just... What's the uh, difference between a, being an...
0: Ass- so what's the difference between being connected and just being... Is Artie connected?
1: Artie is not connected.
0: So what is connected? Is connected the same as being an associate?
1: I You know, I don't know the exact terminology. You'd have to ask I wish we else. had
0: Robbie. We need Robbie Bloodshed here. He would be able but, to tell us. But, you know, you us. have Do like... You know, you know, you know the difference between uh,
1: a friend of ours and a friend of mine, right? So a friend of mine right. is like, uh, like Brendan Fallone, right? Brendan Fallon from season one, Christopher's friend who dies in like I think the pilot. Right? Not the yeah, pirate, he
0: gets whacked by Junior's guy. E- exactly. By
1: Uncle by uh, Mikey Palmici. He is connected, right? I don't know if he's an associate. I don't, you know, but he's well. Maybe he's the
0: same as what Christopher is then, because Christopher he's is he's
1: lower than Christopher, but you know, he's what they call that's when you refer that's a friend of mine, right? A friend of ours. A friend of ours is someone who is uh, made made yeah and gotcha. so you know sal vitro is just someone who is friendly with the family of someone who's connected yeah and he's an acquaintance he's a straight guy an uh,
0: acquaintance he's a civilian right he's already he's already level
1: yeah yeah right um i, I don't even think he's already no level. i don't he's think so our Artie's
0: like, closer than that
1: yeah because Artie is childhood friends with the, the boss yeah um but this guy is just like, a, you know, he's a neighborhood guy who cuts lawns. And he, um, you know, happens to be friendly with Pauly's aunt. So he's got a good deal for himself. Tony, and, loves, uh,
0: Ar- Tony loves Artie so much that when Artie is into him for 50 large, Tony forgives it. Like, that's that's a testament to how much he loves Artie. Yeah. Like, truly.
1: Yeah. So, but anyway, this guy Sal Vitro. Uh, I I think this like perfectly exemplifies that like a, like as much as we might glorify these mobsters in these TV shows, because they're fun to watch and they're, you know, it's a comedy or a dark comedy and stuff. Uh, these guys are, um, they're, they're thugs. You know what I mean? They're, they're violent, brutal people. And Feach, uh, just by, just goes up to him and just starts beating the shit out of him and saying, Hey, this is, this is my, uh, this is my cousin's. This is my nephew's route, or whatever it is, you know. Right. Like, and and just by you know, that's how they make their money by being violent and beating the shit out of people. They're not like you know. They're like so he does that, and apparently, in Laura so, Laura
0: Connor, real quick, she says, in the end, your friends are gonna let you down.
1: Yeah. It's all a big nothing, Johnny. That's what uh, that's what Lydia yeah. says. And there's a certain light motif throughout the whole show. Is that you know, in the end, nothing matters, and and depression is kind of like the central theme to like this whole show.
0: Um, it's true. But yeah, so yeah, so Feach Feach beats the crap out of this guy. He tell he he tries to take over the territory. He doesn't realize that he's stepping on Pauly's toes. Pauly. It goes back and forth without getting into all the nitty gritty. It goes back and forth. The guys are. Are beef and hard. Tony tries to alleviate the situation. With Tony the inv- wants to give him wants to give him some money for the medical bills, and of right. course, Paulie. No, no. no. Paulie wants to give it. him. Paulie promises him twelve hundred for the medical bills, and Tony says settle for five hundred because he want. They have. They basically have a sit down. Yeah, and then
1: Paulie. Paulie fucking pockets it, uh, right. a, a, a large amount of it, and he's like, "Oh yeah, so and." Then they get him a deal, but now you're going to have to cut a couple ones. Yeah, now, I mean,
0: the guy, Sal just gets, Sal, you know, and here's the other thing about with these mob guys in general, like, if you're associated with Tony or any of these mob guys, your life in some way, shape, or form is going to be worse for it. Like, every single person that gets touched by this thing suffers in some irrevocable way, and... Yeah. It's just it's kind of like Walter White, too, t- in a similar way. If you I was going to you know- say
1: it's like um, it's like Game of Thrones, you know, because you have like the, these lords, you know, these lords and these, uh, you know, yeah. highborns who are fighting their war and their power struggle and stuff. But the people who are really suffering are the small folk, you know, the, the peasants yeah, who are out there and like they're getting their fields burned by, you know what I mean? It's like yep. they're the ones who really feel the brunt of this power struggle. More than anything, and their their hands are clean is the thing. They didn't do anything wrong, and yet they're constantly uh, suffering because of like the
0: whims of uh, these these gangsters. You know, it's true, man. And you want to know that the, the, at the end of the day, it's a really sticky situation. And you know what else is sticky? stickers and riot stickers is the sponsor of the from channel and we have a special deal for you if you need stickers you can get a thousand stickers for 79 dollars. that's almost it's seven i say it's seven cents a sticker 0.79 cents but it's really eight cents a sticker uh the stickers themselves they're printed on vinyl which makes them very waterproof they have a uv coating on them to protect them from the sun and let me tell you something i stick these suckers outside all day and all night and man, they hold up. I go and I check on them from time to time just to see how the the quality and the condition is going. And and they're they're great, man. Uh Sharpie Riot, CEO of Riot Stickers, claims that these stickers will last five years in the elements. Uh, I, I think it go could go even longer. In any case, we're doing this deal. This is the only place you could find this deal. Thousand stickers for 79 dollars at riotstickers.com backslash from us. That's f R-U-M-E-S-S. Link is down in the description take advantage of this deal it's 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 something that you do not want to miss out on let's play our less than jake theme song. Are back we are discussing Sopranos Season 5 We're talking about the episode Where's Johnny a little bit We're kind of jumping all over the place um, This is probably the point we should mention Lorraine and her boyfriend Jason they are uh, loan sharks and she's the second cousin Of Carmine who she also had sex with The boss the big boss And uh, she's kind of uh, Stepping on Phil Leotardo are we
1: talking about Lorraine Caluso?
0: yes And and she's She's got her
1: little friend.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason. And she's she is. She's collecting for little Carmine and it's she's bumping heads with Phil Leotardo. And this eventually sort of ends. And it's kind of interesting because up until this point, we've within the mob, apart from uh, in the old country. uh, What's her face? Who's the who's the boss over there? Um, everybody who's like kind of made is a man, there's no yeah. women doing it. Well,
1: Lorraine Caluso is interesting because uh, she there's this one scene where she goes into a bar to collect the money, right? She goes in there and she's kind of intimidating and she's got the big guy chasing with her, and they give the money, right? And then, then Phil Leotardo comes in and shows you how it's really done, right? And he comes in there. And you realize what a vicious animal this guy is. He comes in there, and she's like, "Oh, Phil, I was going to call you." And he goes, "How about this humidity?" And he just smacks her. Yeah. Knocks her down. He, it's gnarly. He um, he takes the, the phone book, and he puts a gun to it.
0: Right. He yeah. Says he, something was, about, he was about. This was crazy. About uh, yeah. you
1: know, something about her sucking dick. And he asks the guy. He asks Jason, like, "Oh, how's how's her head?" He goes, "What am I asking you for? You probably taught her how to do it." And then he shoots into the um, into the Film thing, book. and he goes, "Oh, it only made it to the R's. Next time, there won't be a next time." And you realize that's that's how you intimidate someone, man.
0: Well, I he, mean, it's, it's just. <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> it's, yeah, incredible yeah. Incredible in that scene, and that's he when you realize that oh, we're we're dealing with a fucking full-blown piece of shit here.
0: We're we're and dealing with with a with a maniac. A and maniac, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um eventually that whole scenario basically folds in on Lorraine. She's she is eventually clipped along with her boyfriend and that's really the end of it. It's that sort of is cascading into this tension that's rising inside of the New York family. You also have uh, Tony and Artie have been estranged since the whole uh, $50,000 loan thing, and they mend the fences arm, yeah. together. Yeah, they like they mend <laughs> fences. Uh, you know, he uh, already ends up moving in with Tony. That's what, that's, yes. Yeah. Right. And
1: they got and then and then AJ is staying with them and it's just like, right. The boys, the boys <laughs> play. They're farting and they're watching. Yeah. They're oh, eating actually, pizza. Actually, and, and when when Carm when uh Calm. when when AJ wants to stay with him and Carm's like, listen, he wants to live with you. And then the next scene is um what's his name? is Jackie Gleason going, hamana, hamana, hamana. And it's like it's the perfect um transition, transition because yes. it's it's them watching the honeymooners, but that's also Tony's internal reaction to him, you know, and I, I thought yeah. that was a great little transition
0: there. It, it was. It and was. They're sitting and, there
1: and, and and AJ's kind of trying to be like one of the boys. And he's like, oh, go and finish your homework. And he's like, oh, you know, after this episode. And then Tony's like, wait, no.
0: Now. Go, now. go finish your AJ, homework. AJ." And, now. and I
1: think that's when AJ realizes that, like, living with his dad.
0: is not all be, it's cracked right? up. It's not, it's
1: not like he thinks it's going to be because, you know, he, in his head. And I got to admit, man, I had this. Uh, and that's why watching this season is kind of heartbreaking for me because it's like uh you know I um I was like AJ you know when I was when I was that age and it's like you know I thought my dad was so cool and my mom was like and it's like you know my mom's just like you see Karm she's just trying to do right by the kids keep him out of it and everything and you know somehow she's the bad guy because she's gotta you know bring the rules you know what I mean And AJ does not like that, you know? And, and so when I watch the season, I'm always like, oh man, like AJ's such a little shit. And I was such a little shit. Cause like I said, AJ is the same age as me. And, um, you know,
0: uh, Laura Connor here is bringing up that's, I was, was trying to remember her name, the old, the old world boss, the, the female, yes. Suzuka. Played by the goddess. She is a goddess, Sophia Milos. I mean, mm-hmm. just just a hunk of woman. <laughs> oh, <laughs> me. Forgive me, but I just, I mean, she's just a, a breath, a stunning woman. Stunning woman. How about that? From uh, the episode Commendatore. Right, for, right, right, right. In season two. Uh, Junior's dementia is also starting to get worse. And obviously this is laying the seeds for what's going to happen in season six and it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a thing. It's going to be a thing. And, and, you know, um, and then we have the, the next episode. Um, That's when Lorraine and Jason are murdered um, by Joey peeps and Billy, who is Phil's younger brother. Although he seems way younger. seems Phil seems so much older than him. Um, And then the, the uh, uh, Feach wants his, his poker game back. He wants mm-hmm. the game, the executive game that Tony Robb turns out to be we is revealed to us is the same game that Tony has been running this whole time. That's mm-hmm. when fucking Davey gets in for the boxes of ZD. That same mm-hmm. game that was Feach's game. God. So each wants... Davey- him- the yeah. great Robert Patrick. Yeah, great role. Great in that role. I mean, I know and great we're not as on a, the uh, an season, addict. But... Great as a gambling addict. Oh, oh my god, incredible!
1: When he's in there with yeah. his uh, his brother in law in the bar, yes. and his yes. brother's like, uh, you yeah, know, great. that's great. actually that whole that whole arc um, is part of what makes the second season uh, on par with three and five for me. It's, the it's whole really bust great. out
0: situation with Dave. Yes, the bust out you know. situation is great. Oof. But now Feech is back and. Talk, Jeremy, uh, Spicy Walnuts over here was talking about how features an old school guy who you know has a different way of doing things than these new guys, and he's trying to hold court when everybody just wants to play poker. Everybody's just yes. trying to play poker. He's got all
1: his great stories. He's got these and... stories.
0: Nobody gives a shit. Tony comes in. You know, he's got all the
1: comebacks like, you know, well, also
0: everybody's laughing at Tony's jokes and Tony's paranoid. He thinks that and this is something that I didn't ever notice the first time around. Everybody like the amount of like the competition and the sucking up and the 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 behind the behind the back resentment that they have for Tony was not, I mean, I just remembered everybody being diehard loyal when I first watched the show. And now you get to really see, you know, a lot of people trying to play 4D chess, you know, Polly Walnuts mm-hmm. and Silvio have their issues. And, and you know, it's great because it makes all the characters and their relationships more nuanced and mm-hmm. layered than if everybody was just blindly loyal, you know, like as if it was Game of Thrones, and everybody's just a loyal Stark Bannerman and this, that, and the other. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's just a little bit more complicated. They really do it makes them really feel like a family. At this poker game where Feach is telling his story, he gets a tip about some cars. Um, about this rich guy who's having a wedding. This rich, rich Jewish doctor who's gonna have his wedding. You wanna tell? Go ahead. You tell explain. Well, no, that.
1: I just I'm just laughing where they, they only took the imports and right.
0: the, the
1: old jewish guy he goes now who's an idiot for keeping my regal yeah
0: which, that was so funny It's a uh,
1: buick regal which is of right it's an american car it's uh, really it's a my funny grandfather thing. my grandfather who was an old jewish man he drove uh mercuries and fords you know what i mean he was it was by def- american never <laughs> would never in a million years buy german or japanese that's for sure
0: and right. uh but Feach Feach has Feach hires a bunch of guys to carjack the guests of this of this wedding. I think it's like of, the prick, the prick
1: doctor, right? It's Isn't yes, it the-
0: it's Doctor Ira, and yes, he's one of he is. Once again, he is a, he is a friend of, he's a friend just in the way that Sal is a friend of Paul. He's a friend of Tony. He's yeah. always spending money at the executive game. And he yeah. goes to Tony, he says, Tony, you got to do something. You got to get this car back. Everybody looks, is looking down on me because they lost their cars. And Tony's like, mm-hmm. Boy, everybody's got insurance, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and he's like, he's like, yeah, but there's this one car that's really suit. You have to pay $30,000 yes. just to pre-order mm-hmm. it. And like, yeah. So he then goes to Feech, who eventually admits to doing the thing, and that's when Tony decides now this is a very interesting watershed moment that I just want to quickly uh to discuss because does this what I was watching is so I'm going, so they are they they snitched on him they didn't snitch on him, but they sent him up. basically, they have a really nuanced situation Feech is well, going hold on you're cool. you're
1: skipping a few things
0: what am one I skipping? which
1: is um Feech who is old school knows that junior is uh, you know, he's the nominal boss, right? Junior. Oh, is yeah, still, that's true. Junior too. Is still yeah, yeah, runs yeah. his family. And so he, he kind of tries to take the same maneuver that Richie April did, which was, you know, like I'm here for you, Don, Don Corrado. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he thinks right. that maybe if he can align himself, he's stirring with, the
0: pot, he's stirring if, the pot, not
1: just that, but he's thinking if he can make himself a trusted soldier of, jr that maybe he can sort of usurp tony
0: or undermine uh, he can undermine undermine him
1: undermine him because after all corrado is the boss so he tries to do that and you know basically tony has this revelation where he sees i I think karm is the one who actually brings it to light karm says something about Ah. how like you don't have friends you have like yes men and stuff and that's when he paranoid. Tony realizes that wow, like everyone is just laughing at my jokes. Like my jokes weren't even that funny. Everyone's right. laughing. And that happens at the poker game. And it at the poker game. And I mean, everyone is just like so over the top, laughing <laughs> at his jokes. <laughs> and then uh, you know, feach, he has that that memory, and feach is just looking at him like this, like Yeah. And so Tony says, you know, did I learn nothing from Richie April?
0: Right. Oh, yeah, bud. yeah, yeah. Right. He has a flashback and he sees that Feech wasn't the guy laughing. Mm-hmm. And he realizes that that Feech does not is not a loyal, loyal yeah. goon that will and follow him. To nip it in the
1: bud. Right. And so right. anyway, was it Benny? Is is it Benny and Christopher? They walk over. Yeah. there. And you know they its like work him
0: over so they easily. Work over,
1: and he's like, "Hey, I'm just enjoying my peaches and wine."
0: Yeah, just per. I thought you know it's funny when I was watching that I had forgotten how what had happened. I just thought he was whacked. I thought they were going to just take him inside and clip him. And no, you know, that's a set thing. him up. But,
1: yeah, they but don't that's really set about him up. these mobster he guys. For
0: it. He yes, for he does. He does. He's he really. Like, oh no, I got
1: my garage right here. It's fine. Yeah, he
0: he walks right into it, and you know, there's this moment where he's going back on. He, we see him Boston. riding back to prison because at the end of the day, they don't want to clip him. It's not good to clip him. They need to make they need to make him go away for a very long time. I mean, and at the same time, of course, he's going to die in there. Yeah. So they, they it's basically in a way what the, the, in a way he probably would have been better off just getting clipped than to go back and spend the rest of his days in prison like that. Maybe, you know, but
1: I mean, he's a guy who's probably really very much acclimated to being in prison, and he probably—I mean—that's you know—he spent a twenty big years portion of his life there, right? So
0: yeah, it's a good point. He's he's pretty institutionalized, but he gazes at the outside world, and you know what happens is uh, a parole officer comes a week after his his regular parole officer had come. in. Yeah. it's just he's done. He knows he's done. He knows his goose is cooked. But on the bus on the way back to prison. You know, you kind of are like wondering, what is he thinking about? Does he realize that he was set up? And ultimately, I don't think he does. I think he thinks that it just... Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he does. I think
1: he knows. You know, it was like... I think he probably knows.
0: Um, Everything that happens with AJ is so inconsequential. It's really kind of filler to me like it's interesting to watch but it also like none of it really goes anywhere unless it's AJ like specifically um, unless it's AJ specific I mean I guess it has to do with the family dynamic AJ goes to see (laughs) Mudvayne and stays in a hotel room and he glues his he gets his face glued to a carpet and he basically basically what he does he just wants to do what he wants to do his his mom bends because she wants AJ to you know because she him. wants to be the good guy. She wants to be the good guy. And he wants. he basically like he takes no quarter with her. Like she gives him a fucking finger and he takes the whole hand. And, you know? and of
1: course, you know, I mean, there's so much stuff like that with like the pizza and the pool, and yeah. you know, in earlier seasons just, and stuff. It's
0: just a fucking menace. That fucking he kid.
1: is, you know, and he doesn't mean well, he's just an idiot, he just does. Bad stuff, you know, and I get, I relate to all that stuff. Like,
0: it's like I don't know why I did that. Sure, but I did I, 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 that episode, I can relate to too because I had, I, I definitely had that sort of situation in my past as well, where it's like, you know, you just, you, you, you just push and push and push and push because you just to want to do what you want to fucking do, and that's yeah. it. You know, and, bottom you know, up. you're a teenager, you don't give a shit about anybody else. And
1: Tony has some weird comment about his his eyebrows and like poppers and like weird sex or something yeah he thought and, it and, was and,
0: a, weird weird and carm
1: and aj are both looking at him like wait what yeah he's like i've seen the news but i then, know you know, he realizes, know what's okay. going on. he's like you know it's like he has the conversation with carm and he's she's like really upset yeah and he's like nothing really happened they'll grow back and she's like they they have two very different ways of looking right. at it and they're both right You know, because he was being an adolescent and, you know, shit happens. But Carm was kicking herself because she didn't trust her better. She went against her better judgment um, for the sake of being the good guy because she wanted to be, you know, because because AJ thinks his dad's so cool and that she's the bitch. And she right. wanted to be cool for one. And eventually, she and he ends
0: up moving back in with his mom. And yeah. AJ's happy about it. Um, Tony yeah, has he can't, he can't handle living with his he can't dad. handle living with his, his dad. You know his dad's eating
1: pizza and cereal all day, every know, day, like,
0: and he doesn't buy yeah. the the cereal that AJ likes. Um, yeah. Tony and Adriana end up bonding over. You know, Tony has a mole removed that that turns out to be cancerous that he has to watch. Uh, Adriana. Has her IBS and uh, she's dealing with her stuff. Christopher goes out of town. This is this turns into a whole thing. Chris he's goes going out of out town,
1: cigarettes in Virginia, right. or something.
0: He, he's doing a thing, a, a cigarette smuggling job. And while, while they are while he is gone, uh, Tony and Adriana almost hook up. Not only do they almost hook up, but
1: he starts fantasizing about like Like marrying her and like moving off with her and having so bizarre. It's so
0: he's he's really out to lunch. Um, It's not. It's not just out to lunch. It's like and it's like he doesn't even know what he wants. He just is like he just. You know what it is? It's like he gets so uncomfortable with his life that he turns to any distraction that will you know make him feel like this is what I need to do to make myself feel okay. So I need to marry Adriana and have kids with her, and my life will be okay. You know, and Melfi is
1: just like, dude, this is someone who is like going to marry someone yeah. that you treat like a son. And like, this is like, obviously the wrong. And she's like, you're <laughs> having a moment of clarity right now. Like,
0: you know, she says. like, Laura says to time me? to see Dr. Melfi. <laughs> <laughs> yes. She's like, yes. you
1: know, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but there's like a contingent of people who watch The Sopranos and skip the melfi scenes have you ever heard of this
0: no why do they do that
1: i it, because they have no taste and they don't understand what makes good they- television <laughs> i have no idea i have no idea they, they think they're boring or something like that it's like absolutely insane that's some of the best i mean that's what, in a way that's kind of what, makes what they just show. don't
0: like they just don't like the the um the back and forth between i
1: don't know what it is i don't know what it is but there there are those people you know and I think the thing about this is that they're um I think there's people that like when they see like the way Tony acts and like the, the way people who act like that, they think like that they're supposed to look up to that and they're like, Oh, that's a real alpha move. And they don't realize that like these people are pieces of shit. I mean, they're pieces of shit and they're human and they have likable characteristics. You know what I mean? And they have depth to them, which is what's great about this show. You know, no one is black and white. But um, I think there's a lot of people, there's a lot of these sort of wannabe tough guy types who watch this show and, and I think they sort of miss the point about the toxicity. Well, of that's characters. just like
0: with the Joker and Fight Club and all that shit. It's all, it's all the same shit that, and, you know, uh, yeah. uh, Scarface and this, that, and the other, yeah. in any so case. Then, so
1: it's like why, Yeah. So why do they want so, to watch the melty
0: scenes? You know what I mean? Cause right. that's,
1: that's boring or whatever. I don't know. But, uh, so Tony know.
0: and Adriana end up driving to Dover to buy cocaine. Yeah. yeah. And Tony, it's gonna happen. A,
1: if, if, if they don't get in that car accident, he's going to fuck her. Yeah,
0: it's gonna he's, happen. Pr- it's probably. It's probably. They're they're on. He he resists thus far, but he is on a. He's he's like a moth drawn to the light. It's like a, a, a an airplane in its final descent. Eventually, it is going to land. He's yeah.
1: He he wants to resist. He wants he to can. want to resist. He has to. He but has he knows do where. It. He knows what he's doing. And uh...
0: in any case, they they're driving to get cocaine. Tony is even doing cocaine, which is super weird. He's doing cocaine with Adriana. They're bo- the body. They almost kiss. That's that's as close as they ever get. Mm. But they uh, Tony uh, tries to keep from hitting a raccoon and they he, the SUV flips over. They both sustain damage. Adriana, she's in a neck brace and, um, you know, uh, a, a game of telephone is played.
1: And it's very, let's just say it's very bad optics.
0: Right. It's very bad optics, number one. Number two, and here's the thing about the mob in general, in this show. Everything is about optics. Everything. Yes. From, for a great example, I'm about to watch, we'll talk about this in the final in the final segment of the series. Friggin' Vito being gay doesn't, I mean, listen, there's nothing wrong with being gay, period, but the idea for these mobsters—that the one of, of them, them well, right, but one of the one the, the fact that one of them is gay affects the entire crew, as it relates to all the other families. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same with everything. With everything, it's the same. It's always about optics. It's about strength. These guys Not who sure. think that they're soldiers in a war, who you know are who have to show who have to put up a front at all times. So for Chris. To basically be at the butt of all these jokes of his woman being, you know, uh, finagled by the boss is just—it's the worst. It's literally the worst. It, it just, you know, it affects everything.
1: Yeah, and um, I want to get to Vito, uh, but yeah, I mean, and Chris—he doesn't care if he dies. You know what I mean? He gets all fucked up. He's got a gun. I mean, he—he sh- he should for the way he right. reacts should get him killed. If that was anyone besides Christopher. Right. That and he almost me.
0: does get killed. They, they pull him out and they hold a gun to his head and they're He's going to do it. It's the second time that, what do they call it? I forgot the, the term they, they used it earlier in, in the seasons where you almost get whacked. It's like a warning. I forgot. It happens I'm to Chris sure. where he shits his pants. Uh, yes. He's terrified. One. Like right. in season, season one, episode two, is it episode two? He, he, uh, I mean,
1: technically it's episode. Yeah. I think it's two.
0: I mean, he just he he just relapses like hard. And also around this time, you know, Chris has been in the in a 12 step program. He meets a writer and this just goes to show, you know, how how much how much Chris has compartmentalized, you know, his recovery, you know, to be in recovery, being in recovery directly conflicts with being a mobster on every single level. It does. And I'll tell you something. You know, It happens. It actually happens. There are mobsters that absolutely get sober and they go to 12-step programs and you know, like when you're in a 12-step program, you're supposed to be turning over a new leaf and to think of the, the things that this person must be doing outside of their 12-step program that, you know, so it's this weird sort of like dichotomy there where Chris is sober, but you know, he's at the same time, he's shaking down somebody for money. It just it doesn't work.
1: Yeah. And, and, and then he start he starts like using slogans and stuff. And it's just like,
0: well, it's just funny because he's like <laughs> um, on one end. he's like, come on, I know you can do this. I know you can get it together. Where's my fucking money? It's like, he's just, he it's just like, that's he's he's a six track. or
1: five with, with JT where JT starts owning money and stuff like that. Uh... And, he's, and, and Chris starts, you know, he like Chris sends murmur to collect money from him no
0: he that happens in season five you mean the guy when jt has to like try and pawn his emmy and everything yes yes and he's like and he's saying to jt he's like hey there's there's no his roadster he has to give up his roadster he's like
1: there's no physical solution for a for a spiritual spiritual problem
0: (laughs) no he says that's a that is a popular slogan in those in those (laughs) Communities, and what and you so, say is what it is is there's no physical solution to a spiritual problem yeah and he's saying <laughs> that to jt
1: to After like you're taking you
0: can... his car
1: <laughs> like yeah,
0: it's it, just he, crazy
1: and he's like says to jt he's like so
0: compartmentalized
1: yeah i i love it and you know and jt th- doesn't think chris you know he knows chris he's not gonna like shake him down but he right. shows up there with that guy murmur and they're ready to fuck him up well
0: jt at first yeah he's just like come on what is this you're full of shit like he, he yeah. totally thought that you know everything was fine and basically you know everything happens in the, it's all patterns like you know um richie april is basically the same guy as ralphie to an extent yeah. davy is very similar to jt the Sopranos never really reinvents the wheel throughout the seasons. It's okay. It's, Can I give you another example? Yeah, absolutely. There's just um, variations uh, on the same thing that happens over and over again.
1: In the first season, you have—I mean, Christopher is a little different because he's a main character, but you have Christopher and Brendan Falone, who are kind of like the fuck boys, right? who are young and they're the Cowboys and they want to make it big. And so they're kind of idiots and they're like the younger generation. Right. And they're robbing the trucks. Then the second season you have um, Matt Bevilacqua and Sean Gismonde, who are the guys right. who wind up shooting Christopher. Right. right. Season yes. three, you kind of have Jackie Jr. Who's kind of that same
0: kind of role. You know what I mean? You yep. always it,
1: There's sort of these tropes that
0: uh, to an extent, you know, Tony yeah. B is that as well. He's like the last version of that, Tony because B. he's the closest. Tony B is the closest to being a made guy out of all those guys. It's like a progression, and Tony B is the final one. Tony yeah. B, guy who was somewhat connected, running in circles, uh, goes to prison, gets out, tries to reform himself, and then ends up getting sucked into that life. He's the wants last to make it big, and he fucking right.
1: takes like a hail mary kind of move.
0: He is the last version of that sort of evolution. Tony is the final, the final phase, even though he feels most like these guys. And mind you, he's also kind of, I just want to quickly touch on something before we move on. He's also, uh, you know, uh, 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 bothering Tony with some of his jokes. He's making jokes about Tony's weight. Right, right. And he's saying that. He's saying to him, he's going, you can't make fun of me like that in front of me. I'm the boss now. You can't make fun of me like that. I have to look like I am respected by everybody. So everything's They
1: they, And they have, uh, you know, Christopher and Tony B, they go up to uh, Uncle Pat's house up in uh, Kinderhook or whatever, um, which winds up being a significant place for Tony B um, at the end of the season but they go up there uh to try and find some bodies before uh before uncle pat sells the place
0: wait 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 Save cold cuts for cold cuts we got to let's get to cold cuts right now though is this but in cold cuts that's cold cuts but I hold cold on cuts a
1: is the anger management episode
0: that's all the same that, episode oh, really? that was a fucking huge episode but hold on but we're, we're almost there let's let's actually let's just let me let me just let me just cover this real quickly okay. chris ends up uh, Yeah, Chris gets drunk. He's looking for Tony. Tony convinces Chris that nothing was going on between him and Adriana. Uh, Tony also has to convince Carm of the same thing. Carm is furious over this. Mm-hmm. And the way, again, going back to appearances, they and all have a way head. of
1: belittling Tony that no oh, one else she, can really no, do. She
0: can. She's the only one. You know what's funny about Carm? Carm is the only one, even when they're at their worst, when they're screaming at each other, Tony can't hit Carm. He punches a wall instead. She is like somehow yeah. invincible to all of his anger. She can somehow like uh, she could somehow negotiate it. The way that they solve this problem with Chris and Adriana is again with optics. They fight optics with more optics. They go to Vesuvio and they all have dinner. Car- uh, Tony says, Carm, will you do me this favor? Carm, I need you to do me a favor. And, and they go to they all have dinner together, and everybody's there because Vesuvio's like the the hangout and that shows everybody that everything is okay and they can kind of uh they can they can move on then we have um tony this is when this is the episode where tony finds finds it uh more and more difficult to deal with A j and eventually that's when he gets sent back to Carmela and mm. when when um she, she lets him move back in on, on condition about his grades and his behavior and stuff, yada, yada, yada. Car meets with Father Phil again, who's such a, as, as us Jews call, we, a schnur. He's such a, like a mooch a schnur or whatever. A uh, he's trying to give, he's trying to guilt her because she's sleeping with, with AJ's uh, he's a, guidance uh, counselor. Is
1: a, uh, is a uh, SUNY Purchase alum. Who is? That actor, Father Phil in Santola. Oh.
0: That's cool. We live, we were right next to SUNY Purchase. As a matter of yeah. fact, Jeremy works right next to SUNY Purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, w- hold on. Uh, the so, so the guidance counselor, Carm starts having an affair. She find not an affair. I mean, she's separated from Tony. Carm starts Dr. Finally, Wiggler. Dr.
1: Yeah. Wiggler. She starts
0: getting her groove back. And I, and it's awesome. And she's having a wonderful fling. And they're in that like passionate honeymoon stage. And eventually, yeah,
1: but she's kind of. Uh she's kind of working him without even realizing. Well, that that's what
0: he cute. thinks. I don't know if she does. I think she just is obsessed about that stuff. I think she's legitimately having a good time apart from the guilt that she feels from uh from Father Phil or and whatever. He's so
1: out of her league. You know, this yeah. is a guy who's like well read and he's like, you know, trying to like mean, he's
0: she's like he's he's super intellectual and she's very provincial be, is what she is. She's provincial. What, what does that word mean? It means she... That's a great word. Uh, I, I know my, the word, I just don't know the... My
1: my understanding of that word Hold on, We're looking it up
0: right now. She's her. not
1: sophisticated in that she doesn't have much experience outside of
0: her own bubble. You know what I mean? Right. Like that she wants to of, be more than what she is.
1: That she's not... She's got, you know, her... She doesn't have much experience uh, like outside of like... New Jersey and New Jersey people. Uh, Jeremy,
0: everything you're saying is right, but do you want to hear what the definition of provincial means? What? Oh, actually, it's right here. I was going to say it was absolutely the wrong word, but no. Okay, so here's how it is. Here's how it is um, as an adjective. Of or concerning the regions outside the capital city of a country, especially when regarded as unsophisticated or narrow-minded. So I think the word to pull from the, the word that you use, which is a great word. And I think oh, you yeah. used it in the right way would just be that she's unsophisticated. She's just not as sophisticated yes. as he is. And um, he knows about these books and she wants to it, remember the Billy Budd conversation at dinner with yes. Finn. Mm-hmm. And she's mm-hmm. like, what do you mean he's gay? Like, she's like no idea what the, the yeah. subtext of the book and mm-hmm. Meadow, who's like this academic and Finn, who's an academic, they all know. And she feels she makes a fool out of herself at the table yeah. mm-hmm. for not realizing this. So she wants to be. She likes to have uh, tea under the portrait of Eloise. Yes. Like she wants to be. Uh, 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 she wants to be greater than maybe what she she is yes. or what she's capable of in that moment. Not saying that she can't be. She can mm-hmm. be anything she wants to be. It's just it's just a little bit above. It's a delusion of grandeur to an extent. It's like yeah. a delusion that she has. Um, so, so this guy is out of her league. He thinks that she's using her. They break up. Uh, Tony B is trying to, uh, deal with this, you know, whole storefront situation. He he's trying, uh, this guy, Kim, who he works for, uh, basically decides he wants to go into business with him.
1: Uh, uh, played by the great New York actor. I want to say his name is, uh. Is it Henry Henry Yuck, who is in uh, the movie The Last Dragon? You familiar with The Last Dragon? I know The
0: Last Dragon, but I haven't seen it in a very long time. <laughs> he is he's great. He's great in this episode, and yes, oh, he's great he's in great. his whatever his role. And yes, he, he is. He's basically like, he wants to go into business with Tony B. Tony B's like, wow, look what, look what happens when you try to do the right thing. Everything works out in the end because Tony B doesn't know how he's going to be a massage therapist. He's not even sure yeah. he passed the exam. He finally passed the exam and then something happens that really sort of unravels Tony B. He comes across uh, a bag containing $12,000 thrown away by some drug dealers who were trying to get away from the police and He starts spending the money on clothes and gambling. He buys Game Boys for his twin sons, Um, you know, and at the same time, he's like burning the candle on both ends. He's trying to get his storefront ready and he decides to take out. He decides to take it all out on Kim for no reason. I mean, Kim has been nothing but kind to him, but he puts all of his resentments onto Kim and it's, it's slightly racist, Oh, it's you
1: incredibly
0: know? racist. Well, I mean, it's it's subtly racist. It doesn't it it doesn't start off that way, but then you when he starts to get he starts to get very mad about the way that he pronounces things with his you know his his accent because he's yeah. Korean. Korean's his first language, and, and Tony B just lets him have it. So it's funny how Tony B starts off as this seems to be like this somewhat enlightened reformed guy who just slowly devolves. Yeah.
1: He get, he devolves, and then suddenly he's in it to win it. You know, he's he, in he, it he to won, win yeah. it. Yes. yes, and um, I don't um, know. I that was hard for me to watch that scene. You know, um, because Henry, uh, not Henry, uh, Mr. Kim is a guy who like is I think first a little leery of Tony B um, sure. at first, and he kind of judges him at first. Um, yeah but then he warms to him and he sees that he's a hard worker and he gives him this opportunity, a great opportunity. Yep. And uh, he just, I feel like Tony B has like a Walter White moment where it's just like his actions in that moment uh, are so against his own benefit and his own interests. And it's just like a pure, like, you know, like when, when Walter like has the car and like he can return it and he's like, let me just fucking burn the thing and like cost myself yes. a bunch of money. It's just like one of those things. Like, let me just fucking act on emotion that has nothing to do with gaining anything or or any sort of he just fucking I don't know. I'm just gonna fight. Fu- Does he kill him?
0: No, he just, no, he just he beats the crap out of out of Kim. You're not sure what's going to happen, but you know it's the end of an episode. And, you know, sometimes he gives him a nasty fucking beating. Oh, and- he just beats the crap out of him with like a two by four. It's really, it's really upsetting because you watch him basically destroy everything that he's built up into this moment. It's very sad because you're rooting yeah. for Tony B to be better than what he is. And that leads into Tony's aunt dying and he meets his long, his father's longtime guma. And she's kind of like coming on to him. He's enamored by her. Oh, is this, she tells, is this uh,
1: in, in Camelot?
0: Yes. And she tells. So she here's tells another him, episode. Yeah.
1: Where um, what's the opposite of, kind a, of a contained
0: favorite? episode?
1: People hate this episode from what I've heard. I really like it.
0: I like it a lot. Um, it's good. I think there's a Do you lot think of her son. On- Do you think her son is his half brother?
1: I never even considered that.
0: I totally thought that as soon as I saw the, the, but the thing the, with
1: the car, the whole thing gives me the ick as they say, you know, and her trying to be sexy singing like Marilyn Monroe with the hat.
0: Yeah. It's, and it's, it's hard to like, watch. It's hard to watch. It's, it's really
1: hard to watch. And I think people don't like that, but I think that's what's so great about it because that's what it was meant to be. And you see, um, you see it in Tony's face. He just has a shift. Well, it's, 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 yeah,
0: it's diminishing returns. When he first meets her, hold on super quick. This is what happens. He meets the Guma. Tony, she's, he starts supporting the Guma a little bit. He's giving her money. He ends up, she, her retirement was tied in with Tony's old man. They sell this racetrack place. She gets a cut of the money the whole time that this is happening. It
1: puts a little bit of a wedge between him and, uh, and Hesh.
0: It bit. does. It does because Hesh knew the Guma as well, and she's he's not crazy. Hesh is not crazy about the Guma at all. But this is like a piece of his father in the Guma because yeah, the Guma knew an aspect, a whole side of his father that he never did. And very slowly, he his view of the Guma just slowly changes as he realizes how callous she kind of is and how she's just all about having a good time. And doesn't care about like, you know, with
1: the dog that they gave away, like he realizes kind of how his dad was always lying to him and the family and kind of chose her over his own mom at the same time.
0: And like, right. There's a lot of kind of understands that though. He, he does. Livia was so insufferable and you know, that, that he, he, he didn't blame his father for that. He was like, he was like Livia. He always thought that Livia, Oh, he says it in Melfi's office. Actually. He says that, that you know, my mom. She was so terrible. Like, look what he, look what she did. She drove He he drove it to her. He drove her to the Guma. You know. Yeah, but like, he
1: also like has this whole thing about sticking up for her. You know, and like, oh, she was a good mom. Whereas, like, Melfi's trying to get him to admit that, like, yo, your mom was. Like, toxic. Oh yes,
0: that's true. Right. Well, they're like you, we haven't addressed the fact that your mom tried to have you killed like and he like
1: plays it off like no i don't you don't know every time about
0: you know why because for him to acknowledge that would be so unnerving it would it would cause him to crack in a way that would not allow him to function in his day-to-day it's like he can't open up that box because if he does he's gonna have to deal with everything that's gonna come yeah, out as a right. result it's better for that box to just remain closed, yes, mom, try to do this to me. I need to like not think about it because if I think about it, it's going to drive me insane. That's what yeah. I mean. That's what I I think. That's my POV on it. Um, but he ends up giving Fran. Her name's Fran. He ends up giving Fran one hundred and fifty k, and she's not. You know, she's supposed to use this money to keep her heat on and her electricity on, and she's buying fancy shoes. And, you know, she's trying to ploy Tony with like she, she you know, she used to be JFK's girlfriend. Tony loves JFK. Tony's a big historian. He loves eating ice cream on the couch and watching yes. old war, war stuff. It's just a great little character touch about Tony when he's not being a boss. He just likes to just wants to eat his ice cream and just, you know, yes, enjoy exactly his documentaries. Well, because when you think
1: about it, he's very got- father thing to do. Yes, you know he's got it coming from all angles all the time. He's got stress at work. He's got stress in the family. All he wants to do is, you know, watch a World War II documentary on the History Channel yeah. and eat some ice cream. And you know, Carm always wants to talk about the spec house or planning, and he just can't he just can't relax, you know. As much as he may like by the way,
0: this is the episode where JT is introduced, and this is when he goes into Chris for sixty large. He doesn't think that Chris is gonna really take, get the money from. Him. We already talked about it already, but that's the episode where it happens. Yeah, Tony's friendship eventually sours with her, and he and it, when you know she starts smoking, you know it's funny. He's reminded of a situation where where his mother had a miscarriage, and his father was with the Guma, and it really makes Tony kind of you know upset. And there's no real, there's no real closure with. Tony except for the fact that once again it's another example where Tony it was the same thing with the one legged uh, Russian girl any chance Tony gets to save face in front of his friends he will do so so suddenly her one her one night stand with JFK turned into he was she was JFK's girlfriend for three years on the Bing and that you know when she's regaling when he's regaling all his friends and that's like I, I guess that's what David Chase wants us to ultimately take away from this episode is that is that you know uh for tony it's always about appearances even in dr melfi's office which is kind of really is at the core of him going to therapy it's not even so much of a mobster going to therapy it's a mobster who's obsessed with you know you know making appear like appearing one particular way and then trying to get underneath his layers and just not you know doing it with with limited degrees of success because any other Hollywood sort of formula would be like, and this is the part where the mobster learns the meaning of his ways and changes in some way. But as you said to me off camera, Tony never changes or he's, you know, he changes a little bit. It goes up and down and it doesn't really. Yeah. So, um, the next episode features a surprise party for her dad, Hugh. Um, uh, fucking Junior spoils the surprise. Oh, this is off Dr. Dr.
1: Dr. Fregoli.
0: Dr. forgoli There's a whole little thing with Dr. Fregoli being like a snooty Italian and Carm realizes that her mom didn't want Tony there because she doesn't again, one of the themes of the show she sees is as a,
1: as a Gavone
0: as a Gavone, but also the idea that the idea that um, Italians being something other than these mob mafia stereotypes—that's like a reoccurring yes. theme in the Sopranos. And this is another aspect of this, where where Doctor Figoli is this this learned doctor, and and Tony, who's throwing he's this allergic
1: thing, to tomatoes.
0: Yeah, who's allergic to tomatoes, which says <laughs> all you need to know. Because I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean Italians—they have tomatoes in their blood, right? Like, you know, it's to be Italian, Italian is to Italian bleed tomato sauce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's so it's kind of like an interesting sort of little like like observation about like, you know, yes. uh, what kind of Italian this guy is as opposed to Italians. Yeah. I don't know. Um
1: and and then they have um I mean the real thing about that episode is Carm wants him there because he's the grill master. Right, the master of ceremonies, it's
0: his house, it's his party, you know. uh, Yeah, and (sighs) and she wants him there, and they end up sleeping together. Yes, they do in the pool. It's a great, it's another contained episode that's anchored. A lot of the episodes are kind of contained, where there's there's an aspect of uh, mob life, you know. So,
1: you know, the whole thing with uh, I think this is also part of why Tony B, like, you know, the kids steal what do they steal a Game Boy or
0: something like that. No, they take a pin collection Olympic pins okay from AJ in his closet and that mm. pisses off Tony's B he takes the the video games back by this time Tony B's wife is out of the picture now ex-wife like they yeah. they split up again um he's he's off you know with what he is he's got a new girlfriend um there's there's tensions arising between um uh New York and You know, there's like this whole sinking of yachts with with little Carmine. um, And this ends up turning into this. What ends up happening is a little Carmine comes to Tony B. With Angelo. And says, because Angelo was the capo that was in prison with Tony B. Mm -hmm. And he says, we want you to get rid of this guy, Joey Peeps, who's Johnny Sachs guy. Yeah, he's Johnny Sacks Christopher Maltasanti. That's who exactly, Joey Pete is. Exactly. And and Tony B initially doesn't want to do it, but then he ends up doing it. He whacks uh Johnny Peach. This is a huge no no. This is yeah, such a bad Rusty, thing that he does. Like
1: Rusty Milio played by Frankie. He's a capo, Valley too.
0: He's a capo. He's making a power play. Oh, that's Frankie um, Valley. That's the yes. real life Frankie Valley. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, that's cool. Which is he's a making a power play. Right. Yeah, he's
1: making a power play and he knows that Tony B is like uh not really a neutral party, but he knows that him and uh Angelo were close in the can and that he, he can probably use him and and you know, he's eager and he he's like kind of pissed off at Tony at the time too. He's like kind of pissed off
0: at uh right. Well, that's eventually when initially he he says I'm not going to do it. And then He decides to do it and this is when you know again the money is starting to run. He's starting to run low on money. He's just he's getting into the life Tony B is getting into the life when he whacks Joey Peeps he gets his foot run over and this is this is how this is the smoking gun Tony is able to figure out immediately from a description of someone who was running away from the scene that was limping puts two and two together
1: uh, he starts almost having a panic attack when he hears that, sure, because sure. Um, that's his big fear. You know what I mean? He wants well, also, and it,
0: it's connected to what happened 17 years ago as well.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And that's why it has such a deep response in him. And he starts feeling that
0: uh, the
1: panic attack. Being right. Serious. He's
0: on the golf course and he just, he collapses. He's playing golf with uh, Johnny suck. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Happens, um, Tony. Yeah, Tony just is the king of the party, and Carm is so happy. He's with twirling Tony. the
1: sausages around.
0: He's twirling the sausages. He gives a, a really cool looking shotgun. Um, a Beretta. A Beretta shotgun. It's like a beautiful gun to uh, to Hugh, who's Hugh. such a great guy. He has the wasted. time of his Hugh, life. It's all dude. wasted
1: and shit.
0: Yeah, he gets super wasted. He <laughs> has to be put in the car. <laughs> Um, you know, he also, by the way, uh, another reason why he wax, he, he wax the guy, you know, um, the, the twins, Tony B's twins, they're like, we hate coming back to grandma's house. We want to stay at, at uncle Mm -hmm. Tony's house. And that's when Tony B he's like, he just gets motivated. It's like, you know, it's funny. We really don't ever get inside of Tony B's psyche the way we do everybody else. Everything that Tony B does happens externally. We are watching it external. We don't get inside of his inner dialogue, so we don't really know what his machinations are. We just see how he reacts to outward things that happen. In his case, the kids saying we want what they have, mm-hmm. and he goes, "All right." He he then decides to do the hit because he wants to get paid. You know, mm-hmm. um, Carm. Yeah, right. Carm and Tony sleep together. It's a great, it, it is a great, it is a, oh yeah. And then there's this whole thing where um Tony, Phil owes Tony money. Phil gets into a car accident because of Tony. Tony agrees to pay for the car that Angie is now has pussies. Auto, yeah. auto body shop. And there's this whole back and forth. And this is where we see like, Phil is such an insufferable prick. He's oh. such a fucking ball buster about, about shit. Yeah, And, you know, it's this whole back and forth. And we get to see how, you know, Tony's like let Angie back in sort of by running the shop. But at the same yes. time, she's trying to, like, come to him to be considerate about how much money it's going to cost because Tony's paying for it. And he's kind of he just wants to stress her out. He's like, you figure it out. You yeah, because out. well,
1: because it's like his way of kind of getting back. Sticking at it. Yeah, he's,
0: stick, her. he's sticking it to her. He is because, Even though because he's, he's he. deeply affected by killing pussy. Deeply yeah. affected. Dreams about pussy throughout the entire <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he dreams about pussy. Uh throughout the entire big show pussy. he dreams about, yeah, big pussy. He dreams about him uh and, and whatnot. Uh next episode, we're coming up to Col Cut's Tony B's foot injury. And he tried to again blame it on being attacked by a black man. Uh, you know, just mm-hmm. again, that that racist sort of stuff comes out. Um Tony learns, um, Tony learns that uh uh that that from from Johnny that that the killer of of Peeps was was Limping. That's how he figures it all out. Um, and that's when you
1: get that whole scene of them at the funeral and
0: there's something like they the, right. the, the yeah. stone
1: says jo- Joey Peeps or something which is obviously not his real name.
0: Yeah, cuz someone messed up the the tombstone cuz they they're going to kick in for the tombstone. They they don't know that Tony B has done this yet. Except yeah. for Tony, who's ready to just totally lie about it. He's ready to cover for his cousin. He so desperately wants to make things work with his cousin. Yeah, um, he and it's
1: all rooted in his guilt over right his over the arrest in the
0: eighties, and that's when the yeah. panic attack happens. Blah 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 blah, blah about and we learn the truth about the uh, the panic attack with his fight after the fight with his. But he um, really
1: puts himself on the line. He's having that conversation with Johnny Sack. In the limo, and Johnny Sack doesn't know, but Johnny Sack is incensed, and uh, yeah. and Tony—he always gets know,
0: incensed, though. Johnny yes, Sack does. is such a he little does. fucking baby.
1: Tony, Tony, though, uh, I love the way he talks too, with like yeah. a little bit of this. Tony has to make a decision at that moment. He has to listen. Am I? Am I going to fucking? Am I going to lie and and? cause potentially a war with the with the New York family. Right. Or am I gonna give up my cousin who obviously there's a lot of guilt.
0: Well wait, 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 uh, we're we're almost there. We're almost there. Let's talk very quickly. Finn starts work working construction. Long story short, Finn and Meadow have fight, have a fight. Finn ends up working construction on the same no no job site as the all the other mobsters. No, yeah. And
1: and that's an interesting thing because I love you know they all go to the beach and I think it's... No, they don't go life. to the
0: beach. They just sit at the site and they no, just no, sit not in the them. Not them.
1: Yeah, and he starts witnessing some of the they violence. With violence
0: uh, and he's with, deeply um, affected. Finn gets deeply affected and uneasy. Um, and then he sees something we well, get to no, see. But them. I
1: want to backtrack for a second. Okay. Because before he even <laughs> sees that, after work, he goes to the beach. And like uh, Meadow and all the friends are there. And they're like, oh, right. Yes. They're listening to some like new age music with like bongos and drums. And there's a bonfire. And you just hear one of them say, like, I think I'm going to go to film school for the summer or whatever. And it's like (laughs) this is the perfect image of privileged Columbia University kids in their early 20s.
0: It is. It's a, and it's that's a how, snapshot. It's a it's snapshot. It's a perfect
1: snapshot. You're
0: right. You're and, right. And I
1: love that scene for it so much. And then he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to head out and, you know, get get to the work site. Early. Yeah, he's like,
0: there's no point in going home. I'm just going to yes. sleep there and wake up. And what does he see, Jeremy? Oh, what man. does he see? He, the greatest sees, thing in the world.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> honestly, what he sees is. um. It's shocking. If you've the first time you see it, it's shocking because you're never expecting it. It's, it's the not last just thing that you're
1: it's shocking.
0: We're not expecting that.
1: that puts him in serious danger. Serious danger. I cannot imagine what it must have been like for well, him. These guys will
0: whack you that. if you look if you blink the wrong way. If you blink the wrong way, they'll, uh, they'll whack you for him to sp- find out. So, what happens? And he plays he turns it so 10, well. I, I, I oh, not not so well.
1: Finn and the way he reacts. But the actor playing Finn, who's a very interesting character, um, the actor, I think he became a director. He's someone who I heard interviewed by Michael Imperioli and Steve Sharippa on the Talking Sopranos podcast. I'm
0: going to listen to that podcast. Um, I he
1: it. is a really interesting guy, a uh, really smart guy, uh, articulate, knows a lot about film and acting. Um, the actor whose, uh, His name, name is, is Will
0: Janowitz. Is,
1: yes. Will Janowitz. So I just think he plays that unease and fear so truthfully. I feel like Finn's reaction in that moment and the way he acts on the job site that day. And I I just think it's brilliant. I think his acting in that episode is brilliant.
0: By the way, I I told you guys before in previous episode that, that I know Meadow's cousin. So does Jeremy. We we both know Meadow's cousin and Adriana's cousin as well. Who who is Adriana's cousin?
1: Adriana, played by Drea De
0: Mateo, is I believe first cousin. Get cousins. the fuck out of here with De Matteo. Yeah, we knew two. That is so yeah. fucking crazy. We knew a Sigler and we knew a De Matteo. How about mm-hmm. that? Yeah, my uh, younger brother.
1: Uh, one of his best friends since kindergarten is, I believe, I want to say, first cousins with Trey uh, De
0: There you go. In any case, Finn sees Beto. He sees blowing Bito, a
1: security guard. Yeah,
0: blowing a security guard, and it's On just the, the way site. that they, the way that they shot this. It's just so perfect because you, it's the last thing you're expecting.
1: Which it's, I gotta be honest, I I'd never thought about this until just now. I don't want to say the writing was sloppy on this, but what it's not, but I had never thought about it like this until just now is that if Vito's going to blow a guy, it's not going to be on a job, like at a job site where he works. You know what I mean? He's going to be more careful about it. You know, in season six, when he's Mm. at the gay bar, he's at the club wearing his chaps and stuff,
0: which I just watched tonight. I just saw it. He's
1: out in, in the sticks somewhere. You know what I mean? No, he's he, in New York. He's in New York City. Oh. Uh,
0: they find okay, well, him in New York City. He's just... Listen, he he thinks that... He just thinks that it's just his... He could just do this on the down low. He just... He... You know, he's there super early. There's nobody else there. The security guard is the guy who's guarding yeah, the, the job show site. Up
1: places early. I mean, especially a construction site. Because I know construction workers. They start working at 5, 6 in the morning. You know what I mean? Like... You got, you got to be a little more careful than that, bro. Especially when you know that, you know, it's one thing to be outed. It's another thing to be outed when your life is on the line. I just think that he could have been a little bit more slick. I just don't. Of-
0: well, what was really stupid, it wasn't what he, it wasn't the place or the time or anything. What, what made it stupid was that why on earth would you just lift up your head like that? Why would he lift up his head like that? Like that, that was the weird thing yeah uh in any case now we have this whole like cat and mouse thing happening in the background between Vito and finn and it kind of fizzles out like nothing really comes of it i guess and, and you know
1: meadow thinks he's crazy
0: right meadow is it's like it's like, thinks it's impossible metaphor
1: is a married
0: man like they keep saying to- that they say that in the episode in season six i'm watching right now same thing yeah. But you know, and Vito tries to take him to a Yankees game, and yeah. he legitimately wanted like, to to a Yankees <laughs> game. It wasn't a, a ploy. My wasn't arch- nemesis,
1: nemesis, <laughs> and yeah, he he shows, and there is that shot of him sitting there with the tickets, and his yeah, Yankees. no,
0: he's like standing around waiting for Finn. Like it wasn't like <laughs> a ploy to try and whack him. He really it wanted to go to been. the game
1: with him. Mm, yes. Yeah, but, well, that's why I, I say he's like I don't know if he wants to kill afterwards. me
0: or if he wants to fuck me. A little bit of both. That's, the way, of both. That's yeah. the way Vito's playing it. That's the way Vito's playing it. Carmelo wants to divorce Tony. She wants to get, you know, her share of of, of what, you know, of their stuff. And she, go, she talks to a forensic accountant to help her do that. And Tony d- takes the advice of the lawyer that he almost moved next to at the end of season three at Whitecaps when the lawyers like listen have consultation with every divorce lawyer in the area mm-hmm. and then they can't they can't take her they can, they won't be able to take on your ex-wife that's exactly what what tony does and we've seen this behavior before in another tv dad where in in yes. that of walter white mm-hmm. who his wife wants out and walter does everything he can to keep her from getting out yeah. and you know that that's a whole other like man, I could literally talk about that for hours. It's a whole other thing that we're not going to get into, except that in both situations, these women are trapped with husbands who are essentially monsters on on, on a variety of different yeah. levels. And they, they literally are powerless to leave. Mm-hmm. And they both react in very different ways. The, some of the ways they react is similar. Some of the ways not so similar. Um, in any case, Tony and Johnny... This is the, this is to me, this might be one of the finest episodes of the Sopranos It's called cold cuts. The reason why I think it's so great. And, and Jeremy has said that it's a great, that it's an episode that he really enjoys as well. The Reason why I think cold cuts is so great is because uh, it's just, we get a lot of character stuff. It's just, that's the, that, that's the most rewarding shit. It's not, you know, you have two different types of, of narratives, right? You have plot that's driving story forward, or you have character study or character work, And character work doesn't necessarily drive the plot forward, but it gives us deeper understanding of our characters. And that's what this episode is all about. It's a contained episode. They go up to Uncle Pat's farm. Uncle Pat is somehow everybody's uncle. They all spent time up there when they were kids. And we get this sort of this is the first time that we're supposed to have this cohesive understanding that Tony, Tony B and Christopher all grew up together and knew each other and they feel like this cohesive family.
1: You know, Tony B... I'm sorry, Christopher has resentment against Tony B because he sees... There's a lot of
0: resentment going on. There's a lot of interconnected resentment. Well, because
1: he sees, you know, as we know, we we already know why um, Tony Soprano is being so good to Tony B because of the guilt and all that stuff, right? But yeah. Christopher doesn't like that. He see he thinks that he's being ignored or he's being. Um, put he's, on the he's, he's the, the third, third wheel.
0: He's the third wheel. When it's just one on one, when he's one on one with Tony B, or when he's one on one. Well, no, no, no. I'm not talking about okay. that. I'm not even talking about that. I'm
1: talking about in the place of the business and the family. Is mm. that you know right. Christopher right. was you know, and and people resent Christopher because they see him moving up quickly Same and stuff like that. And then now Christopher thinks that Tony B is sort of, uh, Tony's favorite and that uh-huh. he's chopped liver. And uh-huh. so when the two of them go up there together, he's not very friendly to him. They, they kind of resent, you know, Christopher. No, they make fun him. of, they
0: make fun of oh, Tony and they, and they, not, they not bond not
1: over it. Not, well, that's the thing. At, it's like, it's like that episode of Seinfeld where George and Elaine hang out together and it's awkward And it isn't until they start making fun of Jerry that suddenly, like, everything's hilarious. And so it's like Christopher doesn't want to be there with Tony B. And Tony B is, you know, I think maybe oblivious to that. And then it isn't until they start making fun of Tony S that they start bonding and laughing and really connecting. Right. And having a good time. right? But before that, I think Christopher is, is really not happy to be there. And, and thinks that Tony B is the new favorite and stuff. So they start bonding. They have a good time together. And then Tony S comes up there and it totally changes the dynamic. And um, By the way, it does... T- wait, wait. wait betrayed-
0: you, hold on. I'm putting a pit in that for one second because we get again possibly one of my favorite lines in the entirety of The Sopranos thus far as I do this rewatch. We get a line that you know, me, I, I'm someone I'm I'm I, I consider myself a writer and I consider myself. I'm always trying to improve my writing. I'm always trying to, like, learn and, and this, that, and that. The best way to learn is to watch and to listen. And I saw an example of just one of the finest pieces of like, like character writing ever. Um, Tony, Tony B says something as they're driving by Sleepy Hollow, New York, right where we right next to where we live in Westchester. And he says, he says something. You okay there, pal?
1: Sorry, I had to uh, communicate with someone.
0: uh, IRL. Okay, no worries. Um, Tony, Tony B. Tony P. says something that's so, uh, just so indicative of who he is as a person and gives us such a deep understanding. We don't need a flashback. We don't need, he tells an entire story with, with uh, uh two sentences, he says people used to call me Ichabod. No fuck. What is it? Uh, people used to, used what, to call um, me
1: Ichabod Crane.
0: Yeah, they used to call me Ichabod Crane. And then what does Christopher says something in response to who? that?
1: He said who?
0: who? He said some very some pe wait no I'm I'm butchering some it. Very fuck. sorry, people. Some very sorry people. And we learned yeah. They used to call me Ichabod Crane. Who? Some very sorry people. That's who. That's what it is. And it's so brilliant because it tells us everything we need to know about Tony B. We've met, gotten to know Tony B up to this point. And from just that line, we learned that he was made fun of as a, as a kid. He's not someone who will tolerate being made fun of. And that he eventually, you know, we see him shoot Joey Peeps. And eventually we see him. You know, we we learn that he is a vindictive guy, and it's just—it's fucking brilliant, dude. It's just a brilliant fucking line. I just wanted to highlight that. Um,
1: and you know, listen, we know about um, these social dynamics. It's like you know, people are friends, and when another person is there, then suddenly the yeah. other person gets bullied. Oh you know? yes, as soon as Tony's there. They start, he starts fucking, he starts making fun of Christopher's nose. Just
0: fucking, he starts saying
1: he's annoying. Him to, on him. You know, just eat a drink, whatever you want. Just leave me alone or something.
0: Right. Which and, deeply offends Christopher, who's sobered. He's saying, Tony, out of nowhere, so uncharacteristically says, Why don't you just have a drink and relax? Which confuses Christopher because this is the man that told him, If you fucking get loaded again, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. I'm going to have you killed. And now he's telling me to drink just to relax. How am I supposed to relax? It's kicking up all this stuff inside of him that was there a long time ago from their dynamic when they were little kids tied up Mm -hmm. against a tree and left to be left there till three o'clock in the morning. What? He was tied up. He was tied up to a tree and left left outside till three o'clock in the morning at Uncle Pat's. When he was younger, Christopher. Oh, I Tony B and Tony. Yeah. Really? So yeah. So like he. So we see we see that resentment, and then meanwhile, you know, do you want to talk about this real quick? Because you this you love this part about Janice and her anger management, and she has to go to anger management class. And I don't know. Is there anything that you have to say about that? Well, just you know, Tony sees her getting better, and is really proud of her. Right. At
1: first, he doesn't understand it. Then he sees how well. Her and Bobby and the kids are getting along and he is really proud of her and kind of warmed by it. And then in the end, he does the typical thing and he just he doesn't he doesn't like seeing people improve. Like he thinks he does. Like for instance, like with Irina, is that has that happened already? Is that a spoiler? Irina and Zellman.
0: Yeah, with Ronnie Zellman. Yeah, 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 well, that he happen. sees her
1: and he's like happy that she's with someone who's better for her than right, he should have tried been. To un-
0: she tried to unalive herself. Yeah, Don't and- use the S word. Can't use the S word on here.
1: Okay. And she's, I don't even remember that part, but you know, he's happy for her and he's happy for Ron Zellman and it's like he's warmed by it, but then he's, Tony's just also kind of moody and does things Sometimes yeah. for no reason other than for no to get, reason at all, other than to like get his rocks off, yeah. And so, kind of, you know, he is. I don't think it's that he's pretending to be warmed by the fact that, um, you know, his sister is getting better and stuff, but like something happens. I don't know if there's an actual event in the episode that happens, or if it's just he's upset about, you know, whatever it is, <laughs> and he decides to. Undo any progress, or or to sort of show that her progress in the anger management thing is bullshit, or or whatever, or show that she's not capable of change. And he wants her to bug out, and he wants to piss her off. And he knows that Harpo, who changed his name to Hal, incidentally, <laughs> is a weak spot for her, and right. he, he just, just knows how to
0: fucking push her buttons, fucking gets. And- just gets her just gets her hard you know
1: and she gets up and she screams and runs after him and he walks out of there with a big fucking smile on his face
0: so happy it's a great episode it it really is it's one of the the best friggin episodes of the sopranos period and Mm -hmm. um by the way the reason why i don't know if we said the reason why they were going up to the uncle Pat's arms because they had to move a couple bodies and that's like a, a whole thing like It's amazing how your connection to someone that you murder doesn't end when they're done being murdered. Mm -hmm. It's you are you are you have to look after their remains. And when when something if the land is going to get dug up, it's something that you need to go move. And they have to they do this whole process where they have to smash the bones to like make them unrecognizable. Like it's really like, it's like this whole process and it's just amazing how you're tied to someone that you kill. It's not like you're, you don't detach yourself from someone by murdering them. You, you are bonding them to you for the rest of your life, as long as their body still exists, which is kind of interesting when you think about yeah. it. So,
1: you know? um, and then you got, of course, uh, listen, I'm going to have to probably sign off pretty soon um well let's
0: wrap listen we're at the end let's wrap this up I'm saying okay. we gotta wrap this we have to wrap this yeah. up let's wrap this, this is up going uh um, too long hold, hold on hold on real quick you, let me let me let me push through this super quick and we'll get to the very end
1: you want to talk about Matush Va- and the crazy horse and that whole thing with well like why they, yes they we're going to talk, make we'll make talk about aid. we'll talk about like, why I don't aid. care about that we know we know what happens it, we it know what happens basically
0: hold, hold on uh, real quick Valentina she gets she gets burned really badly uh angelo finds out that that phil that uh no phil tony b finds out that angelo was murdered uh by phil and billy leotardo that causes a retaliation where tony b murders billy phil's younger brother so phil's now out for revenge and it's putting a strain on the whole family everybody is at risk for this reason tony b has to go at this point there's no and, way and, you know around in a it.
1: way in a way like um Tony S.'s soft spot for Tony B or his, uh, you know, over-the-top attempts. uh, It basically set the stage for the conflict that, you know, like the end-of-series conflict. You know what I mean? Like, um, I'm not going to get into any spoilers or whatever, but, like, this whole tension between New York and New Jersey um, isn't necessarily – like, like Tony B is the catalyst for that, and Tony S could have stepped up and showed his friendship to the New York family to kept things. I mean, you know, Phil still would have been a ball breaker and everything like that. Um, and there would have been some tension, but Tony B really fucked things up for the relations of those two families, yeah. He and-,
0: and 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 Phil never really gets over it, you know. I mean, right. that's his brother. And uh so bottom line, the only thing to, for, to happen at this point is Tony, Tony B cannot be made. Tony B needs to go. He's hiding out at the farm, which has been sold now, which is why they had to move the bodies in the first well, place. Well,
1: they make a deal. He has to give them away. I mean, he has to tell them he has to tell them where he's at and let them kill. And,
0: and, and right. but Tony he finds- wants to do it himself because he'll give. Right. Well because well, they say they're going to torture him. They they straight yeah, up say yeah. if we can't get him, he's gonna get tortured. Tony yeah. doesn't want Tony B to get tortured, so he knows he's gotta take care of it himself.
1: Yeah, but that's not good enough for them. But Tony's like, you know what, once I do it, it's it'll be too late. And it'll so be too Tony late. he's Tony actually
0: it. doing him a favor in a way by because otherwise, you know, if he doesn't eventually Tony's doing who him. a favor? Tony and, B? T- and, Yeah, to an extent. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, assuming that that we're assuming that if Tony's B gets caught, he's doing him a favor. If he doesn't get caught, then he murdered him. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. it's not really doing him a favor. Uh, in any case, this brings us to the very end where, yeah, there's this whole thing at the crazy horse where Adriana is basically put in a situation where she's put in a situation that's been going on this whole time. We never spoke about this super quick. Adriana has been treating the FBI like friends. You know what I mean? Like she has no one
1: because they're the only people who know the truth about what she's going through. Right. So she can actually vent that. to them. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's a way of, of venting. So that's she, not what
1: they're there for. I mean, you know, of course not, but that's, yeah. but
0: that's how she's, that's how she's compartmentalized it in her yes. head. Right. Yeah. Which so, is Totally so she, understandable. Right. So she does that. Um, uh, the She basically gets herself into a position where um, the FBI is putting the heat on. They basically can pin her for accessory to murder, which is far beyond anything that she had hanging over her head prior. She tries to convince Christopher to go into witness protection. Christopher makes a choice and he betrays Adriana in the way that Adriana has also betrayed Christopher, but not in a way that deserves to be killed for well you will
1: see that conversation later
0: that's a spoiler i'm sorry i don't know don't say anything about that oh i i okay i understand what you're saying but yeah i don't want to talk about that uh real super quick adriana goes driving with Silvio, and she gets straight up murdered and i remember this when i first watched it i was in disbelief that adriana was was killed i just couldn't believe it i couldn't believe that Silvio was the guy to do it and you know, it it definitely changes the way you watch the show because now you know that Adriana is going to die because of Silvio and you know that Tony's going to kill Chris. So it's like, you know, it, it's like it's like you're watching knowing who's going to be the end of who. And it's so weird. They're on this drive. And here's the thing about mob guys. If they're, if they're beating the shit out of you and they're roughing you up and they're in your face aggro, they're not trying to kill you. They're trying to get you to do what they want if they're super nice to you and super subtle, they're looking to kill you mm-hmm. because they never want you to see. You will never see it when you're going to die with these mob guys. It's only when it's, if they're really mad it's with such you.
1: a great scene, you know, he's pulling off into the woods and she yeah, knows what's She knows. She knows.
0: Like... And she envisions that she had driven away yes. at her suitcase. And that oh. wasn't what she chose to do. It's super sad. Adrian did not deserve that. Uh, and Tony, what's amazing is Tony becomes so reptilian. This is going to be his friggin' like daughter-in-law. And like, now he like, re- she's like, she has to go. The moment you turn rat is the end of you. Uh, the final episode is what happens in the final episode? Is that when Tony B dies or is it? Yeah. That's when he kills him. Right. In the final, um, episode, I think him and, uh, yes, it's the, that's the final episode. Him and, him.
1: uh, well, he kills him, but then don't him and Johnny Sack like make up? Him and Johnny Sack? No, make Johnny
0: up? tells Johnny tells Tony, "Hey, look, I'm the boss now." And it's that, un- and that wasn't good enough.
1: That and, wasn't good enough. What he well, he
0: says, he says, it didn't solve a thing. It didn't solve a thing. But they meet Which, up at his
1: house. They meet up at Johnny Sack's house.
0: Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. And that's when Johnny gets pinched because of Johnny the, gets
1: pinched. Tony throws the gun into the woods uh into the snow in the woods and uh one of these great musical moments in the sopranos with uh glad tidings playing right. from uh Dan yes. Morrison yep um yep. and it, you know and then he comes home right they just are they back together at this point her him and
0: yeah Carmen? they they're they're back together um Christopher disposes of Adriana's like suitcase luggage yeah, he brings it's it to so the airport. Cold. It's so fucking cold, dude. It's so sad. This He loved her, and he's fucked up over it. It's not. It wasn't so cut and dry for Chris. For Tony, it was pretty easy. Although they do say, hey, we never really spoke about this. And they kind of like are still, they're still kind of reeling. They're reeling about it. Junior's dementia is kicking up. And, you know, um, Tony finds out that Paulie had the Pio Mai painting, and he he takes <laughs> it away and he finds out about... He's like, why there's the some fuck great, am I there's dressed some like...
1: great memes about that painting. Like... Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, um, I'm trying to think of what else happens. I mean, basically, Johnny Sack going away. And Johnny Sack will never get out of prison. That's it for him. He's kind of like a Gotti-esque sort of character uh, yeah, in a way. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, um, I want you to let me know that's when it. you watch The Ride. What? The Ride? Uh, the Ride. It's an episode in season six, one.
0: So, question Are you going to join me? If, you have to join me for season six.
1: I'd love to. Yeah.
0: But I won't, we won't be able to do it probably until late July because I have to. That's fine. Okay. So, real quick, let's do our question now. Trivia question, everybody. If you are here, go to from at gmail.com to answer this question. I'm going to give you the rules one more time in my little. I'm going to be doing a live show every single day. I'm going to be giving away a t-shirt. At the end of every episode, I will ask my trivia question. You will send your answer to fromusmail at gmail.com, and the first person to answer correctly will be the winner. You give me your name, your address, and your t-shirt size. If you are outside of the continental United States, you will have to cover shipping and handling. Join us night after night, where I will be doing t-shirt giveaways who doesn't like a free t-shirt i'm not gonna go easy on any of you i'm gonna ask really hard questions so be prepared okay here is my question my my question it's going to be sopranos related okay um you gotta answer send this to the email do not put it in the chat don't answer it here don't leave it in the comments send it to the email if you want to win.
1: Don't do it. Don't if you've already,
0: it. If you've already sent me an email, well, you might not be eligible to win if you've already answered a question and won a shirt. I have to catch up. I got like a whole bunch of responses to respond to. The question is Vito takes on a lover in season six and he makes this type of breakfast food that is nicknamed what? That's, that's the, that's the question. So what is the nickname of the breakfast food that Vito's lover from season six makes for Vito as well as just whatever in general? I thought you weren't going to
1: go easy. I thought you weren't going to go easy on them.
0: Well, you know, for anyone who's the casual, I guess that was pretty casual. I bet that was pretty easy. If you're, if you're a Sopranos fan, I don't know. I don't know. You Maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong. Anyway, I want to thank Jeremy so much for coming on. And, actually, it's, uh, actually,
1: it's pronounced Jeremiel.
0: Yeah, sorry, Jeremiah, aka Spicy Walnuts. He'll be back for when we do season six. We'll do that probably in later July. Stay tuned. We got more shows coming up this week. I got a show tomorrow. Probably a show on. Oh, I got a very special Misfits... Is this going to be on YouTube Tuesday? Yeah, it already is on YouTube. It's on YouTube right now. It'll be on Spotify. Wonderful. It's on every podcasting uh, platform uh, as well as Facebook Live. Um, So, okay, is on Spotify? This is, this will be on Spotify. It'll be also on Spotify video. This is my my debut. This is your debut on Spotify. So we say peace hair grease. We'll see you next time. Thank you everybody. Good night. Jeremy Hold on one second.